Hey guys, this is Juan with the Cinnamon Movie Podcast, letting you know that this episode is brought to you by San Marcos Mexican Restaurant, located right here in Oklahoma City at 2301 Southwest 59th Street in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Don't forget to go check them out as they have weekday lunch specials and they have house margaritas for just $5, frozen or on the rocks. It's the best medicine to get you over that hump day on Wednesdays. And don't forget to let Abel know that the Cinnamon Movie Podcast sent you for an extra 10% off your entire purchase. It's the only dine-in restaurant of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Happy Monday, moviegoers. Welcome to the Black Phone. Welcome to Season 5. And welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I am your host, Juan. And I am joined by the cast, the crew, the guys, the good fellas. Craig? What's po- every week? What's popping? Every week. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, Ed. What about you? How you doing? Ah, uh, not too bad. Yourself? Doing good, man. It has been a week. It has been a weekend, and it's been a weekend that I would like to forget. But we will talk about it. We'll get into it. Uh, Craig, what about you? How was your weekend? Um, uh, same as last week. Football, football, more football, uh, including Sunday. Um. Caught up on House of Dragons, watched the the new episode, and I, we're just moving along. Moving right along. And you know what, guys? We we had a, a fun episode last week. If you guys want to go back and listen to last week's episode, go for it. It was fun. Uh, we reviewed a Denzel movie, uh, Denzel Washington movie, for our uh, fourth year anniversary. We, we talked about Philadelphia, uh, which is you know, our, our year this year, our theme is Denzel Washington. So why not celebrate our fourth year with Denzel? Um, you know, I just a look back, you know, it was such a fun episode talking our top five favorite conversations that we've ever done. Uh, you know, just super, super fun. So go back and listen to it. Uh, check us out wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, and thanks to the Prescribed Films Network, uh, iTunes. Uh, so check them out. www.prescribedfilms.com um, Hashtag the PFPN. Uh, you can go check them out along with us. The Movie Defenders. Uh, Attack of the Killer podcast. A bunch of other great movie podcasts. So uh, definitely worth worth the check out. And you know me, me and Edward are going to be in, uh, in Iowa in a few weeks. Uh, October the 7th. 6th and 7th. 7th and 8th. Uh, somewhere around that weekend, we'll have a little booth. Uh, come hang out with us. Come see us. And uh, Halloween Palooza, you know, smack dab in the middle of horror season. That's what today's all about. Today starts horror season for us. And uh, 
you know, it's something that we started the podcast off with almost five years ago. And, uh, you know, it was, it was something we kind of got away from last year, but this year, all two months now, you know, back at it, talking some horror movies, uh, starting today. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, and if, if you want to hang out with us and find us on the social media, uh, giveaways, all of our posters, whatever you guys need to find links to some partners or some different interviewers that we're going to get ready to have facebook.com forward slash the cinnamon movie podcast, uh, the Instagram one word cinnamon movie podcast, Twitter is at cinnamon four zero five or email us, send us some emails and, uh, let us know what you think about the show and, you know, let us know what, what we're doing, uh, <laughs> And put in your two cents, and we'll read it out here on the show. C I N E M E N nine two one at gmail.com. Uh, we read and get into the email bag every single week. So, other than that, guys, uh, we'll get ready to talk some uh, some movie news. There's been some some pretty entertaining stuff this past weekend. We'll get into D three uh, happened over the weekend. Yeah. yeah, a lot of Disney news coming out of that. Some Marvel stuff, Disney Plus stuff. Um, so, yeah, but we also have some great sponsors on this on this show. And uh, what better way than to uh, start by talking about Rodeo Cinema? Oh, I had CD Electronics up first. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Rodeo Cinema is Oklahoma City's oldest. Jesus Christ. OKC's exclusive nonprofit art house and cinema with two historic locations, offering a variety of film, music, and live performance. You can go check them out on Instagram at Rodeo Cinema, all one word. They have a link in the bio. You can go to there, uh, click on the link, check out their website, go see all the new movies that they're going to be showing, all of the the historic movies. Um, I mean, it's one of the you know, it's, it's a great location. We were just there a couple weeks ago for uh, the room showing, um, and man, it, it's it's they have comfy seats, good popcorn, fresh popcorn, uh, coffee, snacks, anything you could ask for at a at a local art house. So go check them out. Twenty two twenty one Exchange Avenue, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, actually, as as we start recording this at seven, um, Keenan Thompson is hosting the Emmys live right now on Peacock and uh, NBC. Uh, the Emmys, give or take, you know, I, I keep up with TV shows, but not that much to to watch the awards for TV shows. We are getting ready to get into peak award season for movies and TV. Um, Anybody have any any thoughts? I know if Zach was here, he he would get into some some, some maybe some favorites that he wants to see win. Um, what about Emmys though? Doesn't doesn't that mean that it's been a year since Will Smith slapped? No, no, no. Chris that's Mark? that's the Oscars. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, Emmys is TV. TV gotcha. shows. Yeah. Yeah. TV series, TV movies, anything TV. That's the award show tonight. Um, you know, there's there's some Disney Plus and some Marvel t- uh, TV shows that are up for some uh, awards and grabs, but I think some of the some of the bigger ones I think are like Better Call Saul. Um, but I I just thought I'd bring that up. I don't know if anybody else is 
uh, into some some TV shows, getting some awards or not. I'm I'm not into award shows anymore. Uh, so so the Disney Plus weekend or the Disney weekend was was here and upon us. It was their kind of their uh, almost like their Comic Con, I guess, if you will. Displayed a bunch of stuff. Thunderbolts cast was released. Uh, Craig, what do you what do you think about the the Marvel stuff over the weekend? Anything that grabbed your attention and just made you like super excited? I know they announced the Fantastic Four director and the release date for that. Yeah, uh, one thing that caught my attention was I- I'm. Don't hate me if this is inaccurate, but I'm pretty sure on the Thunderbolts roster, uh, Taskmaster was there. Is that correct? I On the far right of the poster, Taskmaster from Black Widow. I know Florence Pugh, Sebastian Stan, David Harbour. Uh, yes, Taskmaster has been announced. Uh, okay. John Walker. Uh, and Julia Louis Dreyfus, Agent yeah. Allegra. Uh, that's really all I care about is doing Taskmaster justice. Um, I feel Expected. like they completely let down that character in July 26, 2024. Yeah. In, in the Black Widow movie, I feel like they completely let down that character. So do that character justice and uh, let's get it rocking. So this sounds like this is the Marvel version of Suicide Squad. Am I right? Um, a group of supervillains are recruited to go on a mission for the government. That's the only subplot for the movie. Yeah, uh, so, pretty much. Like it. So, uh, you know what? If this, you know, you know, when this when this cast was announced, uh, I was like, you know what? Now, the Black Widow movie, and now the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV show, they're all coming to intuition. You know, it's like, oh, okay, they weren't just. You know, oh, you're talking about at the end when she's kind of recruiting. Yeah. 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 So that, that made me happy. Um, and I'm glad it's an actual movie and I'm glad it's not like a TV series. Um, yeah. But let me, let me, I do have uh, from man, for, it was a lot of stuff that they, they went ahead and announced from so, over the past weekend. I know they saw, uh, they introduced Zootopia Plus. I don't know what that is. I think that's going to be a TV show. Inside Out 2. Uh, Hocus Pocus 2, obviously, Peter Pan and Wendy, Mufasa, The Lion King prequel, uh, Dischanted, which is a Disney Plus exclusive movie, Haunted Mansion, The Little Mermaid. Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy? Uh, no, I think it's, it's a remake. Um, Damn it. Then Snow White, I think it's going to be a live action movie. Win or Lose, Disney Pixar. So they released a lot of stuff. Um, and then, you know, it made me think about you, Ed. And I shared the, the trailer over the weekend, the Santa Claus TV yeah, series. Man. Have you, did you guys see the, the trailer? No, when I seen I legit it, didn't I, watch anything from D23. I, I, I didn't hear anything about it until I saw the trailer. And I'm like, no, this can't be real. I watched right. the trailer. Dude, Tim Allen looks phenomenal. Uh, Bernard is back. They're bringing the yep. entire original cast back. Yes, it's a Disney Plus TV miniseries, uh, but you know what? The whole it's the it, original cast. It's the original cast, and you know what? In in the trailer, he says it. You know, he's like, "I'm retiring. I'm looking for a replacement." And the ending interview is him interviewing Peyton Manning, and Pey- oh. <laughs> Peyton Manning's like, <laughs> Peyton Manning's like, "I can't wait to tell Brady." And then uh, he was like, "I can also sing." And then Tim Allen was like. 
Brady's got a better voice. And then the, the trailer, <laughs> the trailer ends. And you know, dude, it, was, it just looks funny. And you know what? Anything Christmas, anything Santa Claus, Tim Allen, I'm all for it. So I'm like really, really excited for. for I the got Santa a little Claus goose bumpy. Yeah, the back when you talked about dude, it. The, um, the, tra- the trailer's on the on the podcast Facebook. You guys should go check it out. I uh, I thoroughly enjoy the trailer. Um, they also released the second and final trailer for Hocus Pocus two. Honestly, the trailer turned me off. Um, I think it's just too much. I think they're just throwing too much nostalgia out at once. Other other than wanting you to get the feels for 1993 and a Disney TV movie, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm kind of glad. That I understand why now they didn't put it on in theaters. I think it would have bombed. Honestly, um, I'm not excited for it. I'm gonna. Am I gonna uh, check it out? Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Andor um, comes out what next Thursday, the 21st. Yeah. Next, next Wednesday. Yeah, next Wednesday is the 21st. So, uh, uh, Ant Man, the trailer from D23, uh, officially introduces Kang, the Conqueror, in the trailer. This will be his very first uh, MCU movie, and uh, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what happens. And this is supposed to be the final Ant Man movie. Makes me wonder if you know what if this is the next big bad guy, and this is the movie they're introducing him in. What is he gonna do? Is Ant Man gonna is is Ant Man gonna flourish? Is he gonna pop? Is he dead? I'm uh I'm gonna I'm He's gonna, gonna be in, butt. I'm gonna be interested to see what happens. So uh, how, how pre- did how did all of this go under the radar? I was on Twitter all weekend. Dude, you should have watched <laughs> my Twitter blew up with, with all the Disney news came out. Dude, my Twitter had nothing. Wow. It was, okay. Yeah. It was, I'm on college football season, I guess. Um you gotta get those hashtags up. The barbarian hit $10 million opening weekend. Um, some people, some of the reviews are calling it the scariest movie in decades. I don't know how much I want to believe that, but, uh, uh, Skarsgård's in it. Justin Long is in it. looks like a pretty, a pretty solid cast. It's got some, some really good. uh, They also said said the people had to go to the hospital during, um, paranormal activity. So yeah, that's true. It's hard. Uh, I, I had to go to the hospital during paranormal activity for how bored I was. Um, and then you know what? I thought I would throw some light. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about Brendan Fraser getting a lot of Oscar buzz for his movie, uh, which it is officially Oscar season. Um, the Oscar movies are officially coming out this month. My Policeman, Harry Styles is getting tremendous Oscar buzz as well from My Policeman, and it looks to be like a very, very promising movie. Um, it's getting a lot of buzz already. Uh, there's talks of him getting seven to eight minute standing ovations at the end of the movie, whenever the movie's over at some of the Toronto film festivals and stuff. So uh, stuff like that. I'm, and even though it's not going to make shit at the box office, uh, I still like to see stuff like that happening. Standing ovations don't, don't happen much anymore. So to Brendan Fraser getting one, Harry Styles is getting one. Um, fuck it. I, you know, I guess we'll hand it out to everybody, I guess. So, <laughs> well, I mean, so if if Harry it's, Styles it's deserved, you know, if Harry Styles is getting a deserved standing ovation, does that make you feel a little bit better of his spot in the upcoming Marvel, his position in Marvel? Uh, I just think the way they introduced the character at the end of uh, the Eternals was kind of, you know, yeah, I, th- I not nothing against Harry Styles. I think he's going to do phenomenal. Everything he's kind of been in lately has been has been really I just good. Think it was like throwing it in there, and you didn't yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I didn't say with the whole Disney plus weekend thing, I didn't see anything about 
another Eternals movie or anything about any of the cast or characters. I wonder if that's no, I think they're done scraped. With yeah, they're yeah. probably done with that. Um, so other than that, that's really all I have movie news, unless anybody else wants to bring anything up from uh, over the Disney weekend or anything Marvel. Uh, did you see that the DC? What's the, the DC uh, con that they usually have? They usually have something. It was officially canceled and postponed. They're not doing it this year. So that makes me also wonder, like, what are they doing with DC? It's it's Is it a wrap or what? But, yeah. Uh, Interesting. So. They have yeah. nothing to show. They're just. Nothing. Nothing at all. Um, but, yeah, let's let's get into some uh, some recent watches. Uh, Ed, we'll start with you. Is there anything over the weekend or the week that you uh, checked out that you want to kind of recommend? Um, I mean, Black Phone. Uh, obviously, I think you should go watch that. Uh, yeah, you know, a uh, good, real good take for that matter. We'll get into uh, it. You know, exactly. As well, just, yeah, haven't really watched much. Uh, caught up on She-Hulk, um, you know, uh, episode four, and then... That, so so, so, so since that's pretty much it for you, then I'll start with mine and we'll talk She-Hulk for a little bit. Episode four is the first episode of the series that I kind of just, I was like, this episode shit the bed. I, uh, even though it was still funny and a little entertaining, I was like, this is an episode I could have done without. They didn't really, they didn't really, they didn't really tie anything into anything. It was kind of just a filler episode. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, because I mean, they they just did a bunch of stuff with Wong and yeah. you know a BS like magician kind of thing that is kind of stealing their old practices. Couldn't make it, and then he just releases uh, releases a bunch of demon bats on everybody that it, it, grow insanely it, this, quick. This episode, I feel like the series took a step back. One, two, and three, I felt like it was funny. Everybody had good chemistry. They were maybe going to introduce Abomination as the the main villain. And then now it's like, there's really no Abomination in episode four. Let's give you this fucking magician. And now you're kind of just like, okay. Oh, I hope episode five and six make, you know, it makes up for it. And it, and, and it could. Of, you know, she's twerking with Meg the Stallion. So, you know, there's that. Was there's funny. that you know, I mean, it was, it was funny. Uh, she that was at the end is... of episode three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than me getting caught up on uh, She-Hulk, I finished episode three of uh, House of Dragons. I did not watch episode four last night. I'll probably do that this weekend. Um, for some reason, I don't know why. I, I checked out The Nutty Professor 1 and 2. Um, <laughs> they're pretty funny. You know, it, it was kind of good uh, going back and, and checking those movies out. Little Nikki for a recent episode of Friday the 14th podcast. Um, and then, you know what? Black Phone. And it was a slow week for me as well. I The, the only new movie I checked out was Pinocchio on Disney+. Plus. I don't want to say that it was trash because then I'll sound like a hypocrite because I love the Lion King remake. But the, the Pinocchio remake was exactly the same thing like the Lion King. It was the exact same thing as the the original cartoon animated movie. Um, Tom Hanks was okay. Pinocchio looked good. Um, But you know what, guys? We're in 2022. Why in the hell does the CGI look so bad? Pinocchio gets a six for me solely based on 
the CGI at the end of the movie. The, they don't care anymore. The the whale scene was horrific. It was it was bad. Um, you know, I, I thought it was a I, I thought it was a, a fun movie. You know, it's it's probably ten minutes too long. Um, it it even says it's P, I think it's PG, but for some pretty freaky sequences, the scenes where the kids turn into donkeys. Yeah, pretty freaky looking. Um, I like it. You know, uh, it kind of had like a little Tim Burton feel in certain parts of the movie. Um, but it's 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 Tom Hanks. It's it's Robert Zeckers. I think it's the same guy who directed a uh, Forrest Gump. So, uh, it's on Disney Plus. It's free. If you pay for a Disney Plus subscription, go check it out. Um, and then Craig, just like you, you know, I, I watched, uh, I watched my two teams, man. I watched Texas and Alabama number one streamed game between the NFL or Fox in history of Fox. Um, but I guess I, they did what they were supposed to do. Maybe people say that they were going to get smoked by 20 or 30 points. They lost by a point. You know, at the and, last and, and like 33 seconds, or last so. 33 seconds, you know, I, I feel good. I think the, I think the program is finally going where they need to go. Uh, they took Alabama. You know, we let them off the hook. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> oh, uh, Austin Powers, uh, the International Man of Mystery was the yeah. other one I did watch. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of yeah, that is a movie. Ed. <laughs> That's the other one I did watch. I don't know. I just kind of spur of the moment looking around on streaming platforms, found it and was like, why not? Yeah. But man, that was probably the, uh, the only game I've rooted for Texas like that. And I mean that, you know, I was watching constantly. I was refreshing and going to this Yahoo sports and then going over to another one to see if maybe there was a difference or something. And man, Dude, that, that, oh. that defense looked good. Defense uh, uh, real good. Al, and Al, uh, Nick Saban, so many people trash on Nick Saban, but at the end of that game, I don't know if it's just because, you know what, I don't know if they Alabama didn't show up to play. A lot of people have been saying that, but you know what, for for the end of the game, Nick Saban to say, you know what, it felt like an on-the-road SEC defensive game. Pretty pretty, pretty high compliments from Nick Saban. Yeah, yeah uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll kind of jump in here now finally. Um, <laughs> I don't think – yeah, everybody in the SEC, a lot of these people, a lot of these fans are saying, oh, Oklahoma this, Texas this. They're not ready to compete. They're not going to come in here and do what they need to do. Texas is on the rise, as we saw. I, I do think Alabama wasn't, isn't as good of a team as they have been in the past. Their wide receivers um, are, are good, but they don't have – take the top off the defense speed, and I think that really – limits what they want to do but again give credit to texas they they flew around to the ball and they played like they were a number of t- a top 10 team in the league so if, if um plays like that the whole year i'm excited to see what they do well, yeah I mean, absolutely i mean like it, you know i we, we talked i talked trash about quinn and and all this other stuff this that and the other but man. he was out there he was balling the biggest and, the biggest difference in that defense Gary Patterson on the sideline. Yeah. Just dude, that scheme, attacking the quarterback, stopping the run, run. And you know, the offensive line for Texas, I was really surprised. Cause what's what's they're, the they're, they're young. The, the defensive end from Alabama, probably going number one in the pick. Will Anderson. Number one. Yeah. He, he, he was getting frustrated. He cost himself some money. He'll yeah. he'll make it back throughout the year. But in that game alone, if scouts yeah. were to go back and say, 
what did he look like against teams that he hasn't played before? Yeah. Which and Texas, you know, Texas didn't have just him frustrated. They had, they had that entire coaching staff and, and team frustrated. And you can tell he was frustrated when he, he committed that 15-yard penalty. Oh, yeah. So that's one thing right there that kind of kicked them, too, is because that was the most penalties in the Saban era ever. You know, as well as, man, so the dropped pass, the dropped touchdown pass, man, that From could Texas? have been – yeah, yeah, that could have been I mean, that but, little bit that would have clinched. But, uh, again, I like know. I, I kind of talked to Johnny about this beforehand. You never know what happens. No, if if that touchdown is scored, do they? Does Alabama feel like they have to do something different? Do they take do a they, deep shot? Do they? You know, eat it's, it? it's, do they come back and you know go the same you know kind of left for it, right? It's, with yeah, that? it's always what if with football. There's no you know oh, yeah. in basketball you can always say. If we would have made this final shot, you know, if we would have made this, you know, you can say whatever you want, but at the end of the day, it was what it is. So Texas, oh, Texas played their ass off and yeah. gave the number one team prove that we Do belong believe... in the SEC, which we will probably be in next year. If I'm being honest, with all this movement happening, and but... I, I got, I, I got to admit too, I, I was one of probably everybody on this podcast. I, I know this is a movie podcast. We're jumping out of the limb here, but at the end of the day, we're all football fans on on here. And I'm like, dude, I wasn't giving Texas, you know, I, Craig, I talked to you last week. I was like, man, if they lose by 15 or 10 points, that's a win in my book. They well, got to show it. Well, you've got Alabama that smokes almost every team, you know, by at least 20 points. If they're going to get, you know, it's going to be Georgia or, you know, something like that, which Georgia's another powerhouse this season, and they look better than Alabama for that matter. But you know, you you've, you've man. Now you've got what Quinn Edwards out with shoulder injury now. A couple yeah. weeks. They said he's day to day. They said it's not as bad as they thought it was. Well, that's good. But you know, and, and I, they got I've, a bye week this week. I, no, they, they oh, play okay. they play a shit team. UTSA this week. then a yeah. bye week. Yeah. So and then they come back with Texas Tech. So which you know, but you know what? Uh, let's let's. I mean, let's Car- just Carson Carson Hud's not a he's not a chunk. Hudson Carr. Hudson, Hudson Carr, Carr, Card Hudson, same shit. Um, he's a backup for a reason, you know. But honestly, you know, Matt Leiter said in the halftime show, he just a few years ago he was like number five on on ESPN's top recruits. He's not a he's not a he's not a, a bum either. He's not a, yeah. He's he not a he bum. was hurt that game. Yeah, he was hurt, and he almost still led the team to come back. So, so I mean, you speaking know, you of got... hurt, I got to bring this up because it's pissing oh. me off. Dak Prescott torn ligaments in his hand. He's out till November thirteenth. Mike McCarthy, I think if they go 0 and 4, he's terminated before October. Uh, oh, and the way, absolutely. The way he opened up last night. If they go 1 and 3, night, I think he gets fired. The way he opened up last night by trying to match Tom Brady when they were running really good with Zeke, it's it's fucking stupid and it, it really really pissed me off and I got to I got to throw a little rant out here because uh Zeke Zeke looked phenomenal. He came, he was in shape, he was running the ball very good. And uh, you know what? Even though they had some offensive line out, you're not going to outthrow Brady. I don't care how many weeks of training camp he missed. You're not going to outthrow him. So run Especially the ball. Especially with the weapons he had out there. Yeah. Yeah. Run the ball. And you know what? Dallas was missing Nate Washington. They were missing, or they were missing some James other Washington. James Washington yeah. and, and uh, somebody Michael else. Gallup. Yeah. Michael Gallup. So they were missing like two or three receivers and yeah. they were doing just fine running the football. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think Dak hurt his hand himself i think mike mccarthy and the offensive play call from uh 
Kellen Moore hurt Dak's hand. There's no way he should. That's have another that dude much. that needs to go. Kellen Moore yeah. needs to fucking be gone. Yeah. So I had to throw that ran out there. Had to, had to throw it out there. Um, so, one more thing: if if Mike McCarthy wants to save his job, he needs to get Jerry Jones to go trade for Jimmy Garoppolo today. Trade for Jimmy Garoppolo because there's no way that Cooper, whatever the hell his name is, Gold Rush, he's not winning any division and he's not playing great between now and November 13th. That's two months from tomorrow. No way he's winning. He he he's, he'd be lucky if he goes 500. Yeah, go get Jimmy Jean. So what do y'all think about the rankings kind of right now? Do y'all think they're kind of because honestly, let's 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 be kind of real about that. 2019, no, and nothing against it, because obviously, like they're coming back. You know, Texas is probably the strongest it's looked in the past what six years easily, maybe maybe ten. I I'd say. Uh it's just week three. I I, I think rankings are still a little Still a little uh, far fetched. When I saw the Texas, mean, when I saw Texas was moved up to twenty one, I'm like, you know what? No, leave us, leave us unranked. But yeah. I mean, you've got the number one team who won by one point against an unranked team. I don't care who it is, and they just go down one just because you know Georgia's been blitzing people like that. Like I, I'm, man, I don't know. That just yeah, but and understandably and one hundred percent cool that like Notre Dame drops off the list. Well, it's a second loss. Yeah. yeah. No, third. No, that's the second. third. They're owned. Third in a row. Third in a row. Third, yeah. they're, oh, okay. They're, yeah. they're owned to the My season. Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave college to the big dogs, Ed. CDR Electronics serves the OKC Metro with the best value for your electronics. Located at 1604 West I-240 Service Road in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, they have the biggest selection of physical media in the Metro. Looking for NBA 2K23? Mm. They got you. Looking for Madden 23? They mm. got you. Need a controller to whip your buddy's butt in Madden? They mm. got you. Go check them out at 1604 West I-240 Service Road in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma again. They pay the most for your electronics. And we have a special guest which I'm really, really hyped, really uh, excited to talk about uh, to uh, Jai Curry, uh, director uh, from Australia. But before we get into that, uh, guys, Craig, you have some uh, some truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, so I got uh, well, kind of some... Little, little bit of facts, a little bit of things you might not have known. <clears throat> uh, so the movie is an adaptation of a 2004 short story with the same name uh, created by Joe Hill. Um, I probably should have researched who that was, but yeah. Uh, in January of 2020, uh, Derrickson came on board to helm the Black Phone soon after departing from the Doctor Strange sequel due to creative differences. So that paved the way for uh, Sam Raimi to take over Doctor Strange. Um, the script was written in just six weeks, and the film was shot in 33 days. Uh, when the father of Finney is shown reading the Brocky Mountain newspaper, the paper is printed in broadsheet style, which is incorrect for that time. In 1978, the newspaper was printed in tabloid format. And my final fact, 
which you may not have known. Every method of escape that the kids on the phone tell Finney is used to fight off the grabber at the end. The hole, the cable, the freezer using to get the meat to get the dog away from the door, packing the phone with dirt, and even the padlock combination. Mm. So those are five things you may not have known. Nice. Um, before we wait for our special guest to join the episode today, uh, I'm also going to let you guys know um, about Friday the 14th podcast, UHD this week. Uh, in just a few nights, this Wednesday, uh, September the 14th, me and the bad guy Nick H. A few months ago, we talked about Rob Zombie's Halloween. We're going to finish that conversation. And this Wednesday, we're talking about uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Um, so check out me and Nick's conversation this Wednesday night, 8 p.m., as we discuss Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Um, but, Ed, we also have another great sponsor to talk about. Oh, yeah. So, OKC Soda Company, they are craft soda company of Oklahoma. Super unique flavors like strawberry shortcake, blueberry acai, made with pure cane sugar and natural flavors. Basically, with them, don't expect extreme amounts of sugar. Don't expect just copious amounts of, you know, just the garbage that most other sodas put in there as well as they are a soda experience so get them at your local crest what pruitt foods uh homeland i think as well yep so i mean yeah go out there get you a six pack try out a different experience you might go ahead and end up liking them a lot tasty yeah and before we get ready to get into our next segment, our next uh, sponsor, guys, Red and Blue's Pizza, located right here in Oklahoma City at 4500 South May Avenue in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Red and Blue's Pizza. Give them a call at 405-602-2838. Uh, if you don't like pizza, they have a lot of other things as well. Hamburgers, uh, fries, wings, uh, gyros, everything that you can imagine. Uh, so check them out. Red and Blue's Pizza. It's the only pizza place of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Also let them know that uh, the Cinnamon Movie Podcast sent you. And we can uh, probably guys get you a little, little discount on some Red and Blue's Pizza. Um, so, but before we get into it, guys, what about, uh, you know, there's some also some other stuff at the, at the D3. Uh, Indiana Jones 5 was, was talked about. Uh, are you guys are you guys excited for anything like that? Like Indiana Jones five, some of that other stuff popping up. Uh, um, Peter Pan and Wendy, that one kind of caught my eye. The Mustafa, the or Mustafa, Mustafa. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Austin Powers, Wolf Earl's character. But uh, let's talk about no. that for a little bit. It, it, we that's an episode that we we talked about a few, uh, you know. Uh, I think it was last year or two years ago. We talked about uh, what do you what do you guys think about that? I wouldn't mind it. I thought it was hilarious, man. I I, I mean, I haven't seen it in probably as long, and yeah, I wouldn't mind doing those. You know, I don't think we've really touched on Mike Myers as uh, an actor much at all. Oh, you guys missed out a lot of stuff on D three. Yeah, um, I mean, so there's uh, The Muppets Mayhem. Um, it's an all-new comedy series. Um, High School Musical, the series. Um, we've kind of talked about that previously. 
Um, there's a show coming out called American Born Chinese uh, with Michelle Yu, uh, Ben Wang, uh, and Daniel Wu. Um, looks like that's coming out sometime later this year. Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Proud Family, Louder and Prouder. Um, looks like they're going to have all the original cast for that. Um, the Santa Clauses is what that one's called. So the Santa Clauses um, with Tim Allen. Uh, National Treasure, Edge of History. Doesn't look like Nicholas Cage is going to be in it. But uh, might be something interesting to check out. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, Zombies 3, which Adley has been watching repeatedly. Literally <laughs> like five times a day. So I've seen that one already. Um, Under Wraps 2. Ed, we talked about that not too long ago. Yeah, uh, I know. That's crazy. That's awesome. Wow. Um, I wonder if that's going to be kind of along the same lines with the same people from the original. Hopefully. I mean, at least the main three. And, you know, uh, the, oh, wow, the mummy no. character. Malachi Barton. Uh, but guys, before we get into the top five segment, which is a, a fun and favorite uh, segment that we usually get into, uh, our special guest is here. Um, Jai, can you can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you um, can you see me? No, no, no. cannot. We can we can hear you pretty good though. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure what's going on. Sure. Um, there is that settings tab. If you go in there and click camera, you might be able to choose the the correct. There, there we go. There you go. Hey, young. So, so, uh, man, uh, welcome. Uh, yeah, I, I've been in been in contact with you for a few weeks now, but uh, man, you're you're coming from a very very long distance. This is a long distance uh, conversation here, man. Let us let everybody know, uh, all the listeners and viewers out there, uh, where are you exactly? So I'm coming from sunny Australia. I'm here in Sydney at the moment. Nice. Um, yeah. So it's it's our morning here. Yeah, I believe it'd be later in the night for you guys. But um, yeah, thanks heaps for having me. I really appreciate being on here. It's, it's good to jump on and have a chat with you guys. Yeah, yeah. man. Well, uh, interesting and very, very fun. I'm excited. It's always fun to get different kind of a uh, different kind of, you know, film lovers, film filmmakers on, on the show. Um, we've had a local director here a few months ago. Um, so we've had some, some people from Texas on, we're actually going to have a, uh, an author from Texas uh, join us next week. So um Man, just a just a fun time, fun conversation to have you on. But uh, kind of let everybody know, you know, really, uh, what kind of just drove you into the love of like filmmaking, or you know, what was what was one of your biggest uh, you know, reasons to to join the business, man? Yeah, so I um I started out doing a lot of uh, still photography actually. So I like a lot of backpacking, traveling around around the world. Um, taking photos of people like on the streets, just homeless people or just interesting faces and just sitting down and just talking to them and hearing their stories. And um, like I've traveled to more than 50 countries. So after just traveling all the time and meeting all these people, I just slowly just fell in love with um, storytelling and just hearing people's stories and sharing what I've 
sharing my stories, just like what I've experienced along my travels and stuff like that, then um, just always loving movies. But the idea of like being a film director to me was like being an astronaut. It just seemed so far away. And, um, you know, I just thought, why not just have a crack at a short film and made the short film and then that ended up um, winning a bunch of awards. We won 11 international awards for that. The short film was Victim. And then I, um, it just felt a bit more like, in arm's reach i'm like you know like this this could become a lifestyle for me and um a career and i just kind of just got tunnel vision and just went straight into it wrote my feature film and directed that that's available now over in america i'm not sure if any of you guys have seen it it's on um voodoo amazon um, apple tv over there so released it over there i've had a big launch here in australia um uh, on Stan australia which is like it's kind of like the Netflix here in Australia and we've been trending the last two weeks and everyone's been loving it. But just the passion I have for um, just storytelling, I guess, and doing it through the medium of film is just, oh, I think it's the best. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you sent out that, that link. Um, I'm also going to send out links to the film this week too. Cause I look at it this way, man. Like I think it would be fun for us to maybe even dedicate an entire episode to the movie and for us to go out there and just check it out watch it. Um, you know, sure. er, er, earlier this year, we had a we had a a, um, a stream uh, kind of segment called "Pardon the Pandemic." Um, you know, you said your your short film "Victim" was released uh, right around 2020. So, how how did the pandemic man affect you where you're at? I know it affected everybody differently, but you know, I've I've had some filmmakers say, you know, what it it affected me in a positive way because I couldn't go anywhere, so I was just able to have so much creative stuff and and write out what i wanted did it kind of affect you the same way or you know was it was it different i'm not sure how it was over there but we um we had like waves of it so it would be like everything was locked down you couldn't go anywhere and then like a few months later like things were opening back up and we could start going out and living again and then before we know it, it's like we're all back in lockdown and we can't we're stuck back in the houses so with the short film we like we shot that in like three days, a minimal a minimal crew, and um, it was all indoors. Though, like technically, we couldn't get shut down. Anyways, it was all it was around domestic violence. It was all shot in the one house, and um, so it didn't affect us too much with that. But with the feature film, it affected us in a real positive way because same thing. There was a gap where it opened up for about five months, and everyone was. Um, out filming and getting everything ready we're in pre-production in that phase and we just as we started shooting we're going into a 30 30 day production the um all the restrictions started coming back and everyone was checking the news every day and it was um kind of like oh here we go it's gonna get we're gonna get shut down so we ended up just making the production a lot quicker shot it in 15 days and it was i think like a day or two straight after we finished we were all completely locked, like in lockdown. You know, it benefited us because then we could go straight into uh, just post, and we could all just do that remotely from home. So we set up on um, Premiere has um, production, so you can have like five people editing remotely from wherever they are, and we just just chipped into um into the in post production just while ever, everything was in lockdown. So definitely, yeah, it helped us in that sense. But um, the the film would have turned out different if we um could have had the full time to of production that we had scheduled but you know we, we may do what we had um what's probably one of the best parts uh and some of the, some of these questions are from uh 
from one of our guys, Zach, who uh, who couldn't be with us today. But uh, what's what's one of the best parts about being a film director that you that you've been able to just share and witness? You know, what kind of fulfilling is, is it at the end of the day? Sometimes, I, I guess the thing with me is like my mind, um, and I, I, like everyone that loves movies would um, agree with this. You have these ideas or you'll be watching a movie and you think, oh, I wish they'd done that. Or I wish, why'd the story go that way? Why couldn't it do this? And obviously sometimes there's restrictions around that or resources, budget, time. Um, but having the control of that on my own story, like creating that my own world in a sense and um, having like the whole team and all the actors and everyone be a part of it and be like, that's great and that's what we're doing. That feeling of just, being, being able to uh, write the story however I want, create the world however I want, like that freedom of creativity is, to me was is just, I think that's what like, I'm addicted to with it. Um, man, uh, what about getting the movie like in, like promoted in the United States in general? Like was it hard, diff- you know, to get it, promoted and put on like stuff like apple tv voodoo or was it no different than you know because because i mean looking at some of the reviews man the reviews are outstanding for beat like you have to be pretty pretty uh pretty proud of most of the reviews out here man like i see nothing but but tens and nines and and eights imdb ratings even giving an 8.8 like that has to make you feel just like super super special man and uh, I could just imagine how you feel right now. Yeah, it's um the like, like the audience response so far has just been incredible. I guess um getting it distributed in the states was, believe it or not, it was easier than doing it here in Australia. So really, yeah, we we reached out to um two distribution companies, um and we signed with one of them, which was Gravitas Ventures. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Um. And they're handling the rights to North America for us, so all through Canada and um, America. And we we got that deal done within like a few weeks. And it took us like, I'll probably say six months here in Australia. So being like a first-time film director, it's hard for people to take take you serious because like a lot of directors are like in their forties or uh, they've been they've been in the industry for so long. They've got so many contacts and uh, they've already got that status about them, so like, I'm not sure. That's just a this is just an assumption, but like, just from what I found, like reaching out to people, it was hard for them to kind of take it serious. Like, even though the short film won a lot of awards, um, and that, but even like, I just feel like just just have a conversation with me and talk about cinema as just in general, and like talk about like what what do you think makes a good movie, and what do I think makes a good movie, and they could, might be able to understand like oh like there, there's a lot of passioning like he's watched a lot of films and he does understand the the medium and it just wouldn't even get to that place it was just like oh yeah cool just send it here and then like you'd hear nothing so um, we're so stoked that I think the biggest thing is we're just stoked that we ended up cracking it Australia is now watching it and like we've been trending here nationwide for like the last fourteen days which is huge they released like 25, wow. 25 titles um this month and we've just sat at the top um, the entire time so the feedback's nice. ridiculous yeah we're, we're so stoked with, with everything so right. I, I i see on imdb has has you know the september 1st release date for australia is that 
on stream only, or did you guys do you guys get to put it in in theaters as well? No, we done a um, we had a, like a, a Q and A screening earlier in the year, so um, that was just over two days. We had like over a thousand people come out to that, so it was like a sellout, which was great. <laughs> Nice. Um, and just kind of like we had it at Event Cinemas, it's one of the cinemas in my hometown, and um, showed the screen, like uh, like screened the film, and um, everyone could meet the actors and talk myself, and we just kind of just released it um, that way. But then, if you didn't make it, you didn't see it, basically. And like we've got um, a lot of it was shot here in our hometown in Newcastle, but we like we're about two hours away from. Sydney, where I'm living at the moment, and Sydney's got like a population of six million people. So obviously, no, no one there got to see it. So everyone's been waiting for it to come out on Steam um, or just anywhere. But now it's out on Steam. Everyone's been able to watch it. So it's been, um, it's been, and like I said, seven months. So it's been like this long, this long wait and build up for everyone to finally see it. But yeah, yeah. no, it's 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 going well. Man. I um I was meant to, I know I was meant to watch Black Phone. I thought it was out on a streaming service though, and oh, I yeah. um I was like, oh no, I'll check it out. I'll I'll watch it, and then I've I've looked. It's not out. It's still in the cinemas. So I, I should have went. Yeah, no, yeah. Go oh, go ahead, Craig. I was gonna say it's it's out here for us to stream here. So I, I don't know, like how they, you know, the international. Like you guys can get it this date and can put it on streaming this date or whatever. Um, what streaming but, service is it on? It's uh, on Peacock HBO here. Peacock. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, um, so you said, <clears throat> you know, you kind of started out as a, a still photographer. What was, was there like a moment in your head where you just like, you know, I want to start doing motion pictures and not just still photography. What was, was there like a story that somebody told you where you connected with them that made it click and you were like, this, this is pushing me towards the, the motion picture direction. Yeah. I, it's, it was really funny. I remember seeing, um, seeing somewhere that like, if you want to read a quote or something and it was like, if you struggling to find yourself going travel and at the time i was in a really weird place where i felt like i had to have a career and all the careers that just kind of just come to the forefront of my mind just honestly just bored me and i was like i just don't want to do any of that i don't want to be working like a night like 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 a nine to five job i don't want to be laboring i don't want to be i just didn't know what to do like and i'm not saying there's nothing wrong with them jobs but just to me like it just wasn't um my purpose and then like I've always loved sports so I'll just be like madly thinking about sports and being obsessed with that and I'm like why can't I have that with a career and I guess I kind of just got a bit I got to that place where I was just like you know what fuck it I'm just gonna go and just travel and just maybe just figure it out I might just think of think of something and every time I traveled I would spend my time just photographing people and I realized how much I loved that and um I remember I, I think about a lot of things in scenarios. So like I'll meet someone or I'll talk about something and then it starts just talking about it as in a scenario that never happened. And I was just, just photographing people and realizing that I think it just slowly turned into like, if I take someone, a picture of someone's like, like of someone like, and there's this one in particular, I was in Nepal and there was this homeless lady and um, her face, her face says a thousand words. Like you see the photo, and you you think, 
like what type of life has she had? But to me, the photo, it done it justice, but it just, it can never as well. And I'm like, you need, you need more time to actually tell this story. Yeah. And then I just started wanting to just do like little interviews or just um, like just more of it. Like, like how can I get more of it out than the photo? So it just, it just slowly evolved from there, I guess. And like I always loved movies for as far as I can remember, but for me to like take on that, to, to, to change that mindset to go, okay, now this is it. I think it just happened. Just, just, just slowly evolved. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. the, the drive to know, you know, like you, you see that one still shot, but the drive to find out everything more about like how, how this picture got to be this picture, I think is pretty cool to like, in my own words, like is how I'm putting it, but that's mm. pretty cool to, to kind of think about it that way. And then, kind of dive into it and then want to tell a story. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah definitely. And then it's, it's also like, like I look, I look back at them, some of my travel photos and I think, where are they now? What's happening now? Like they're, they're somewhere in the world, what's happening. And it's like, like I can create that story if I want through film. Yeah. And just having that freedom. Um, I, I, I love movies that are constantly unfolding. Like one of my favorite movies is Parasite. And it's just like when you're watching it and you just get that 50, that, that halfway mark where that doorbell rings and um, the old housewife comes back, like the, the cleaner comes back. Like you could, I reckon you could press pause for someone that hadn't seen it and say, write down a thousand things right now that you think's going to happen and no one would guess it. it as it unfolds, just in that way, to me, I'm like, the writer has the creativity and the freedom to just do that because he can. And it's, I, I just love that idea of like, I, I love wondering like, what if like, like yeah. where are these people now? What have they been through? Could they go through this? I don't know. Like let's just play with the idea of it. It's, it's just so fun. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's, that's, that's really, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good exercise too. Like in a perfect movie to use that example for, Mm. Um, so whether it's local for you or international, who's one famous actor or actress that you would maybe want to collaborate with one day? You have uh, anybody Jesse that's Buckley. on? I, I, I want Jesse Buckley to be, um, I'd love to work with her. I think she's an incredible actress. Uh, I'm actually going to reach out to her for my next film. Nice. Um, but oh, there's such a big list. Obviously, like there's a lot of really, really, really well known actors and actresses that um i'd love to but i just i love i love the films that jess is in and just her style of acting i think um yeah i'm, I'm really hopeful i'll i'll be able to work with her one day for sure and for people that don't know her she's in um i think one of the first like in, indie films was beast she done a lot of theater acting she was just in the lost daughter that was nominated for an oscar she played the um the younger version of the main the lead, every time you'd see the flashback, it was Jesse Buckley that we've seen. She was just in Men, the lead in that. So, have yeah. you seen Men? Yeah, have you? Yeah, yeah. We just yeah. did an episode on it uh, yeah. not too long ago. What do you uh, mean? <laughs> it's <was> interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, so I mean, at least. Well, let, let, let's talk about it. It was an episode a few weeks. We kind of did some some roundabouts to what we thought maybe the ending, what the director was trying to say at the end. 
you being a, a film director and a, and a writer, man, what did you think the director was was obviously trying to say at the end of Men? It took me a bit to get my head around that, to be honest. I was I was halfway through the film and I only just realised all the men were played by the same actor because I don't I, I try not to watch trailers or read into films. I love going in cold, right? And um, I thought it was just so clever how they how they um, how they how they portrayed betray that but um yeah i don't know it was it was a hard one to it was a hard one to to, to digest i've um i've got it on my list i want to watch it again like 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 i love all these films so she just... uh yeah J- jesse buckley did amazing in the movie i, I kind of felt like maybe the director was trying to put his own spin on on an adam and eve kind of story oh definitely with like forbidden fruit and yeah yeah. Yeah, I mean I it would be interesting to see exactly what his words are, you know, like my my vision was this. It would be interesting to see that because we spent 20 or 30 minutes trying to digest and figure out what exactly <laughs> we thought he was trying to portray. And I think that's that's also the beauty of filmmaking is you can portray something and people can take it as they see it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if, the way he he told the story, we took it as one way, and it might be something completely different. The ability to um, influence people, the ability to uh, touch people emotionally, and just have them feel something in that moment, I think is something. When, when you realize that, you know, your movie is, you know, helping people in a moment of maybe, I don't want to say weakness, but in a moment where they need something like that's yeah. i think that's incredible yeah and i think i think leaving it leaving it uh, open and up to the audience's interpretation is is fun like to not tie a bow on it like leave it open and just let people like talk about it and figure it out and like was he was he trying to portray that because she ate that apple at the start these this is how like everything unfolds and the men then started being in her life in that, in that sense, if she didn't, would it, things be differently? Um, I like how they, how they cross cut it with the past story with a partner though. Um, I think that was really well done and like they slowly just drip fed more and more information of that throughout. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I really liked it. It got a bit, um, I was so shocked. When they started birthing them, I was not ready for that. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. I was like, far out. But yeah, no, it was good. Um, so I, I, I just have one more before, you know, I, I know you're a busy guy before before we let you get on with your morning. Because um, it's like, what is it? It's like 10 o'clock in the morning it's over like there? Noon, I, I think. Look, yeah. yeah. I just looked it up. It's like noon. Oh, man. Um, so, so what is, what is one of your, uh, like, where do you want to see beat go from here? Like, you know, it's, it's got the release, it's available here in the U S to watch. What is your ultimate goal now for this film? Like, you know, we we were just talking a few minutes ago, award season is, is in full swing. Um, I know you got, you got some, some really good buzz on this movie, some really great reviews. Where would you like to see beat go from here? Yeah. So, so. We've won a few awards uh, for the film so far, and we've been in some like uh, pretty prestigious film festivals, so some in Canada, um, 
and stuff. Though at the moment, I think I just want just because it's out now. I just want as many people as we can to watch it. Um, everyone put so much hard, hard work and effort into it, and it's like an independent film. Like we didn't have a mega budget. We like I said, we shot it in fifteen days, and but everyone's just still so proud of it. Um, there's a lot of first time filmmakers, and we just wanted to get get it out now. I guess show it, show as many people as we can. And um, like I've just finished the script to my next film. Uh, I'll be going through the next draft of that soon, and um, I'm hoping that beat kind of can create an audience that goes, "What's next?" And just as they're figuring that out, we're in pre-production or production for the next next movie, and can just start that career moving forward. Now, like I just want to pump out as many movies as I can, and um, yeah, like that's the dream, I guess, is just just to get it out there now and let people. Um, there's a lot of like hidden messages. The biggest thing that we're biggest, probably the biggest thing that we're receiving from audiences is the second time they watch it, they pick up so much more than the third mm-hmm. time they pick up. They it's the so much. There are a lot of things embedded in it. The more times they watch it, the more they're understanding the story and connecting the dots that they didn't kind of get the first time. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping that people can just start appreciating like the the techniques of filmmaking that we've put into it and go, oh shit, I can't wait to see what he puts in the next one. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like watching a magician, for that matter. The first time you're watching the trick at its at its full face, and you don't know exactly what to expect. But that second or third or fourth time you watch the act, you're like I already know he's going to do the fireball with you know and all that. You watch exactly what they're doing behind them or under, and you kind of some people get those different reactions of like or different watches of where they do you know their little tricks or the sleight of hand that they've worked so long on or anything like that. So yeah. different things like that is really cool with film. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I think like Nolan's the perfect example of that. You're going to watch, especially with Tenet. Yes. You're going to watch that a few times <laughs> to get your head around it. But um, yeah, no, it's great. And, and I think that's, that's important um, for, you know, rewatchability, you know, yeah. you, you don't want to put something out where people are like, I know what the movie is. I know the premise. I know the plot. I know the ending. There's nothing else for me there, but having, having it layered to where when they see something later on the story, maybe they're like, you know, that referenced back to the early parts. And then when they rewatch it again, they, they recognize they missed so many things. I think having it layered like that and having so many hidden things, you know, not purposefully, but just in there and people kind of recognize it. I think that helps you know, we kind of base movies off of rewatchability and, and having that rewatchability, I think not only, you know, obviously it's going to get more views, but it's going to draw people in to see what you're kind of digging in deeper and telling in the story and the way that you're telling the story and how you're shooting it. And I think that all kind of helps you in the long run. Definitely. Yeah. And like, the the thing that um, I think we've done well is because the the story's driven around classical music, is even if um, even if they were just to watch it again, there's just these beautiful piano pieces that people can just kind of um, it's still engaging, but it kind of gives the audience like that moment to like like rest and recoup and process what they've just watched, get ready for like the next little segment. So it's kind of set up. Um, uh, like X Machina, how they go into them, they go into the interviews, and he would sit there and interview with her, and then come out, and then you can process that, and the story's happening. But then it's, you're getting ready for that next time he goes in and engages with her. The the piano pieces are kind of like set up in a similar sense. So 
you would um we're following the story and that the two worlds are kind of um, merging as one and there's the psychological element so you're trying to connect like how like, how are they connected what's going on here and um and then we go into a beautiful piano piece and we can just watch just like this piano song like we we wrote all the piano songs ourselves so we worked with a pianist in france and oh, but then like, okay. i think that just helps with just the general engagement of the, the the entire film and to watch that again the second time like a murder mystery, you'd be like, oh, well, I know he done that. So like, all the fun's taken out of it. At least yeah. there's still them, them fun elements of just just watching the the like a music clip kind of halfway through a movie, but it happens multiple times. So yeah, um, yeah. So you had yeah. me at ex ex machina. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, all you had to say. Yeah. So so we know it's available for streaming, and I'll, and I'll you know if if you guys want to check out the movie. It's available now to stream, rent, and buy, I believe, on Apple TV, iTunes, Vudu, uh, Amazon here in the U.S. Um, but I don't, if you see behind me, I'm a huge physical media <laughs> guy. Huge physical media guy. Is there any plans to release uh, Beat on physical media? Yeah, they're going to put it. I think they're going to do it on uh, Blu-ray and get it all through Walmart. Um, nice. I haven't, haven't heard any further details about it yet, but that was definitely a... a um, uh, a push they're going to do. I, I know they're going to set it up that people can buy the Blu-ray disc straight from Amazon. Awesome. Um, and I know they'll get trying to get deals done through Walmart too. So um, I'll just touch base. We've been let you know about that, anyways. Yeah, but, um, for sure. I I, uh, I have a region-free Blu-ray player, and I yeah. am uh, I am all for <laughs> physical media, man. And you know what? I think that would be that would be the coolest thing ever just to see and get your movie on like on physical media. I'm definitely going to be checking out Beat this weekend, man. And uh, I, I'm going to stay in t- contact. I, uh, I appreciate you wanting to come on the show. And, you know, I, I think it, it was a hell of a fun conversation. And I would like to review the film one day, put it put it on the, put it on episode and get you awesome. to come in and, you know, talk about your the entire, you know, hour and like 45 minute movie and just talk about the whole movie with us one day. Fantastic. Anytime yeah. you boys let me know. It's been great being on here. Right. Thanks. Apes. Yeah, uh, for sure. Before before we let you out of here, man, today we're talking our top five Ethan Hawke movies. Do you have a favorite Ethan Hawke movie? Oh, no. <laughs> no? Nah. Not no. Not an Ethan Hawke fan or just? Probably probably not a fan, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. Understand. What about yours? Tell me yours. Uh, I'll, give a, I'll give a few of mine. If I had to recommend anything to watch uh, that came out this year, I would recommend The Northman. Um, especially if you're an A24 fan and if you like movies like Men or The Green Knight, um, I think The Northman would be would be a fun film to watch. He's not in it very long, so if you're not an Ethan Hawke fan, he's only in it for like 15 minutes. But Yeah, I've I, 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 I seen The Northman. I was... I, I don't know about you guys. It was hyped up so much here. It was. Like, so much. Yeah. Like, so, so much. And yep. I really did... Um, I really did like it, except I just wanted so much more from it. Yeah, I want, like I was expecting. Yep. I think the no. one thing that was missing was yeah. was a twenty four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, a twenty four. Like I don't think they've ever done a bad movie. So um, they're all unique. I, I don't. Yeah. They may not be oh, bad, yeah. but they're definitely all unique. Yeah, yep. I I love them. If if they're listening right now, I'll be their next director. Yeah, <laughs> we need to we, right. we need to get that trending. We need to tag somebody. Tag H twenty four. The next director is right here on the show, guys. Yeah, of course. Hey, I, I mean, with all these reviews, putting it at eight point eight, 
you keep that going, you'll you'll be there in no time. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's and I mean for for your first yeah. full length feature film to be getting pretty much an average rating of nine. That's that's something special, man, and yeah. I applaud you on that. Like, yeah, I I went to college for for film, and I kind of have that drive to want to edit and do all that stuff. And um, I'm just at a spot where it's it's tough for me. It's it's kind of time consuming, and I'm not able to fully dive into it. And I applaud you for taking that leap. That's something that yeah. I definitely wish I could have done. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, man. Uh... Like I said, it's, it's been great. I'm glad that you got to come on and hang out, talk movies with us. Um, for sure. I'd love to have you on again. I'll keep in touch. We'll work something out. And uh, checking out Beat this weekend, guys. Again, if you want to watch Beat, Apple TV, iTunes, Vudu, Amazon, here in the States, go check it out. Email us. Let us know what you guys think. Um, Jai, I appreciate you being on, man. And uh, if there's anything else we can do, man. Let us know. I'll, I'll keep in contact, man. You have a have a good uh, rest of your day, buddy. Um, Thanks, boys. I appreciate having me. First, do you have any social media you want to plug oh, or yeah. anything oh, yeah, yeah. that you want to plug? Oh, um, so my my socials are just Jai Curry, J-Y-E-C-U-R-R-I-E, and the production company's Green Frog Productions. Um, and we've just done like a short little documentary on mental health and suicide prevention here. So uh, we're always working on little things. Um but we um, just just regarding everything around the film where it's available and all the latest news we push on there too. So that'd be great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, boys. I really appreciate your time. Hey. No, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem, man. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Bye. Thanks. Have a good. All right, man. So, man, what what an interesting story, man. What a what a fun conversation, dude. Just uh, it's always great to have somebody come on and talk movies. But when you have, Craig, like you said, an average of a nine on IMDb for your first feature-length film, what a fun conversation it was. And uh, I honestly can't wait to have Jai back on. Man, see, he answered one of the questions I was going to ask, as in the pieces of music he used, which he actually got into a French pianist, and they they made their own, basically. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that, that, that was amazing. Right? Having, I think that's Having awesome. something like that is... You know, because it could have been just something that he threw in there that's any old regular piece of music, but taking the time to actually get his own original piece. I mean, would you consider it a score at that point? Yeah. I but mean, it's... it was it was probably a little lighter, too, on the budget for him to create maybe his own. Um, yeah. That would have been a, another fun conversation to bring up, you know, maybe the budget and stuff. But uh, again, we'll save some of that for for whenever we, we talk about the movie beat and have him on the episode to talk about the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know we're running a little we're, we're running a little girthy today, but you know it's the start of a new year. It's the start of season five. It's the start of horror season, and let's start the top five. All right, guys, we are talking the top five. Is it our fun and most favorite and sacred segment of the entire episode? Uh, today, since we're talking the black phone, Mr. Ethan Hawke is not with us, but we are talking our top five <laughs> Ethan Hawke movies. 
Um, I have some honorable mentions that I'm going to run through. If anybody else has some, they can follow. Uh, my honorable mentions are going to be Gattaca, Magnificent Seven, Kid, The Northman, which I mentioned to Jai. So, and that's the official honorable mention is going to be Sinister. Um, does anybody else have any? No. Number five. Five. Uh, I'll start off with number five. If you guys still want to go through some of your lists and, and, and see what's going on. Uh, number five for me is going to be another horror movie. Uh, this one started a franchise. This is going to be 2013's The Purge. Um, hour and 20 minute movie. It's a very, very interesting concept. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen The Purge, you know, it, a lot of a lot of horror movies aren't for everybody, but today starts horror season for us, man. I'm excited to talk about uh, The Black Phone, uh, but, you know, it's it's The Purge. One night a year that all crime and murder is legal for, what, 12 hours? 12 yeah. hours. Yeah, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., and uh, you know what? I think it's an interesting concept. Did they Have they overdone it yet? Mm, I don't think so. It's debatable. Yeah, because each one is is maybe a little different, but that's at least the original for me. Ethan Hawke, number five, The Purge from 2013. Uh, Craig, we'll go off with you. Number number five for you. I'm gonna piggyback off of you, uh, The Purge. Um, like, like you said, the concept is was original. Um, the the movie was unique. Um, it, and like you said. Did they go off a little too far? It's debatable, but um, they all kind of have their own flavor. But man, the just that first time that you hear those bells going off in that movie or those sirens, you're just like, okay, what exactly are we gonna see in these 12 Edward, hour periods? Stop playing with your pussies. <laughs> I hear them in the background, cats, kitty cats. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, number five for me is the purge. Purge as well, uh, Edward. <sighs> number five for you. Uh, number five, I'm going to go ahead and put the Northman. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> um, I liked it. I uh, thought it was kind of a cool. Uh, I don't know. Take. I. Uh, if you haven't seen this one, I recommend it. Uh, I, I do kind of. Yeah, I do kind of feel, however. Like Jai is right. There was something just like you wanted more. I, I will agree with that, you know. Um, but yeah, other than this, that, like this I, was I missing. A... <laughs> hey, other than that, I feel like it was a very good film. Uh, I liked it. So yeah, uh, Northman. Number four. Four. Number four for me is going to be from 2019. A sci-fi horror movie based in the year 2019 when a plague has transformed everybody into a vampire. I'm talking about Daybreakers, um, starring Ethan Hawke, Sam Neill, and uh, Willem Dafoe, man. You know what? This movie gets... I feel like this movie is a little underrated, um, and I use that word a lot, but I really do think this movie is kind of forgotten about because you have, you have vampires who live on the way they're supposed to live by you know packs of blood and you know stuff like that then you got vampires who are like still want to kill for their blood so i think it was a very interesting concept it was something that i hadn't seen up until that point and i still don't think we've seen anything from it to this day um so number four for me man i think it would make for a great conversation one day number four is uh daybreakers from 2009 craig what about you number four uh number four for me is going to be sinister um washed up true crime writer 
Ellison Oswald finds a box of Super 8 home movies in his new home, revealing that the murder he is currently researching is the work of a serial killer whose legacy dates back to the 1960s. Um, starring Ethan Hawke, Juliet Rylance. Um, man, just when this came out in 2012, it was it was up there. It was it was really creepy as a first time watch. Um, I think Ethan Hawke had a, a a good role in it, um, and it's just one of the movies that's kind of like, you know, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. It just it, I think it does just enough to get the job done. Nice. Edward, number four for you. Going to trail off of uh, Sinister for that matter. Uh, I've got to agree, you know, I personally didn't think it was the best I'd ever seen. It was nowhere near the uh, anything worse for that matter. Uh, I, I like the depictions, though, the, 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 the thought of kind of a, the move into the house. So, I mean, you know, haunting in, you know, Connecticut, you know, uh, Amityville horror that you know the, it's it's already a haunted house basically and different stuff like that. So you're thinking it's that when it's really you know after the kids and I mean the the imageries that it uses for that matter yeah. the tree the the face the one the one scene that really stuck out to me the most was the face in the uh, the the hedges I guess or the the tree line or whatever you want to call it that was one of the ones that stuck out to me the most just because like. If you're not looking correctly, somewhat you don't catch it, and it's little yeah. things like that that you don't catch throughout a few things, but then they make it very obli- ob- 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 obvious. obvious or obvious. Yes, thank you. Very obvious that it's there or doing something that's like the title suggests sinister. So yeah, if you haven't seen that man, I don't know where you've been. So uh, number three, three. Uh, we talked about it earlier this year. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Number three for me is going to be Training Day. Craig, number three for you? Number three for me is going to be uh, the movie we are talking about today, The Black Phone. Oh, nice. Edward, number three for you? Uh, Magnificent Seven. Uh, nice. Just kind of a great all-around. We'll keep it short and sweet because I think little, we're going to talk about it in November. Shooter little shooter up let's yeah. shoot them up and all that i mean yeah. chris pratt denzel washington ethan hawk got three big ones right there so yeah yep number <clears throat> two uh number two for me is going to be an a24 film number two for me is going to be first reformed um ethan hawk plays reverend ernest toller and let's just say some weird things start happening as a minister of a small con- congregation up in, a- in upstate New York grapples with a mounting of a dispar brought upon a tragedy. Uh, and I think, you know, I think it, it, it's a it's a fun, real slow movie. It's written and directed by Paul Schrader. Um, but Ethan Hawke delivers an outstanding performance, and it's one of my favorite movies that he's ever done. So number two is First Reformed for me from 2017. <laughs> Um, Craig, number two for you. Uh, Ed, did you mention Denzel in Magnificent Seven? He did. Okay, I was gonna say, how do you? That's not what I was like, what? It? Okay, yeah. uh, yeah, number two for me is gonna be Magnificent Seven. Um, yeah, I said Chris Pratt, Denzel Washington, and Ethan Hawke. Okay. That, that, that's uh, why, because you're supposed to always start with Denzel, with Denzel first. Yeah, yeah, that's where you. I, I was because I was like, I heard Chris Pratt, 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, hold up. Um, oh, yeah, so I, I think cut. I think benefit uh, Ethan benefits from the tremendous cast in this movie. Um, but it is, and it's it's a good film in my eyes. I went and saw it with my family. Um, it's a solid western. Um, I don't think it's one of the best, but it is solid. So that's my number two. We'll, we'll definitely give it a star rating and talk about it in just a few weeks when we kick off Denzel Month in November. Uh, number two for you, Edward. Number two for me would be The Purge, uh, 2013. I mean, you know, the original concept, the uh, freshness of it, I guess, uh, as well as just, you know, the idea of let's make let's make anything legal, you know, kind of thing was just kind of a cool thing and i mean yeah it has gone off the rails for that matter but you know with this first movie i I was in high hopes for the rest of it so yeah man the purge plays the father simple one number one for me is going to be kind of a tie um just because these movies are all tremendous i give them all eights or honestly i give them all nines and tens uh the first is i'm going to state the the before trilogy um before sunset before sunrise before midnight those three movies that he's in and i think it's the other way around the first one is before sunrise the second one is before sunset and the third one is before midnight um three movies about two people who fall in love and there's three movies based upon those two characters that's my number one a or one b number one a is going to be boyhood I don't know if anybody's seen it, but the movie, literally the director, um, Richard Linklater and Ethan Hawke, the entire cast, it's about the life of Mason from early stages of childhood to teenage years to college years. And the movie takes place within 12 years. Like they literally filmed the movie in the 90s, the middle 2000s, and then I think they finish up in 2014. So the movie did film in a span of, of 12 years. So when you're like, dang, how did they make Ethan Hawke look so young? It's because they filmed in the 90s. Um, you don't get that with too many movies nowadays. And the deliverance, the performances from everybody, the aging of everybody, um, everything was just fantastic. It's, it's available on uh, AMC+. Plus. It's number one for a reason for me. It is two hours and 45 minutes. But guys, it's a tremendous story. Um, it's a one of a kind movie, never to be duplicated or replicated since. And Ethan Ethan Hawke is fantastic in this movie. So number one for me, Boyhood. Craig, you know I, I can't believe that slipped past my list. Um, I agree with you. It, it's movies are never done like that because they don't want to take the chance of filming for three years and then something happening to one of the cast members. So. Yeah. I agree with you. It's it's in today's day and age, you probably could, but it would have to be, you know, if you ever ran into that, it would have to be CGI. But for that movie to be as smooth and fluid as it was, um, with no CGI or any replacements, um, that that takes a lot of luck and you know, oh, yeah. good good directing. Um, a lot of skill. My number one is going to be Training Day. Uh, we just talked about it the other day. I think him with Denzel. Um, he has to take it to another level because Denzel forces him to do so. Um, and in doing that, you get one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, so training day, my number one. Ed, number one for you. 
Number one for me, honestly, I know it's going to be kind of you know breaking my usual rule, but the black phone. Uh, we will talk about it. Simple as that. But this one kind of when when I realized what movies I have and haven't seen of his, for that matter. Um, There's a lot I haven't seen. I realized you know, that. And I kind of didn't really think that uh, Dead Poets Society was fair to put in here just because oh, I dude, he's one realize... of, he's one of the main characters. No, I know, but I didn't realize that when the last time I've saw that I've seen that I've seen that. I didn't realize that. So I didn't really feel it was fair for me to put that in here. So I'm gonna go ahead and that's if anybody's wondering that, that's that's why. But yeah, uh, I'm gonna put the black phone. We're gonna get into it. So yeah, simple. Nice. Let us know, guys, what your favorite Ethan Hawk movie is or your top five Ethan Hawk movies. And we were sh- we will share it next week on the episode. But today, that's what we're getting into. Uh, we're talking about the Black Phone. You can check it out now on Peacock or check it out on physical media wherever you buy Blu-rays. IMDb has it at a 7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes at 82%. The Metascore is at 65%. While the Google users have it at 89%. Uh, the budget was $16 million, and it grossed a little over $160 million at the box office uh, with a release date of June 24th, 2022, starring Mason Thames, Madeline McGraw, Ethan Hawke, Jeremy Davis, um, James Ransone, uh, James um, and directed by Scott Derrickson. Uh, after being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. Hashtag, if you have not seen this movie, go check it out. It's on Peacock. We're at an hour and 25 minutes. It's been out for a while, though, so go check it out. Pause. Go check it out on Peacock. Come back. Listen to the episode. Let's get into it, guys. Um... You know, this movie, like I said, it's, it had a June 24th, 2022 theater release date here in the States. Um, was this everybody's first time view of Black Phone? Craig, yes. we'll start with you. Yeah. Yeah. This short, was my short, first time watch for short, uh, this episode. Um, short few word, one or two. What was it like when you finished it? This was a movie we kind of hyped it when it first Not came out. Not what I expected. Right. Um, I'll leave it at that. Ed, a few short word, one or two. R- refreshing refreshing like some sprite um <laughs> crispy <laughs> if if i had to say what i thought as soon as the black phone was when it was over i would say good but not what i expected misleading misleading is a good one um but we'll get into it uh you know what the opening scene you start with the baseball game bruce gets abducted but the way he gets abducted is very, very interesting. You, you start up with a high beat 70s song. Movie takes place 1978. And you know what? That, that's it. You see the black van and the, the happy-go-lucky music turns from happy to what the hell's going on. And then you get yeah. the opening sequences of the kids getting abducted. Uh, one thing that's always eerie, no matter what you're watching or whether it's news, movie, TV, one of the sickest things that you could possibly imagine is the abduction and the killing of a young child. The movie, very unsettling. Uh, I don't know what it is about child abduction or child killers, whether it be E-True Hollywood stories, documentaries, movies. 
almost kind of an unsettling thing no matter what you're watching uh what do you guys think about you know just the the uh, attention span of the movie basing itself around a 78s 70s child abduction actually i heard that the movie was you know a lot of the stories and time frame was based upon john wayne gacy's abductions in the 70s um but again this movie has no you know it's not based on any real no events right uh so what do you think i mean the movie just opening up with uh the, the dark scenes of of the title black phone and you know it starts off being what you think is just a movie about a guy abducting children and Craig, go ahead and explain kind of why you felt like it was misleading. Um, well, first off, I didn't watch any. I watched like the teaser, so I didn't watch any trailers. And I think Same. in the teaser, it didn't show like really what the movie was about. It just kind of showed him in the mask and some kids kind of doing some stuff. I, I it was misleading to me because the the premise of the movie. <laughs> I didn't think the kid was going to be six sensing it up, right? Like no, same exactly same. Seeing same dead people of... and it, it was a turn. Now some people might have liked it. I I think it kind of made the movie a little unbelievable, um, especially with the daughter being able to dream and have premonitions, and the mother went crazy and the like. It. it it had a really good foundation of what felt like an eerie, creepy movie. But then I, I do kind of have to agree with you. I don't know why it went from a horror film to a psychological Fantasy. Phenom, phenom ghost story. Yeah. Like he's seeing dead people. The dead people are talking to him through the black phone. I, I, I get it. I get it for its originality, but it just kind of it was it was a little different. I mean, not in a bad way, but also in just a unique kind of way, I guess. But a uniqueness that I wasn't ready for. Um, uh, not necessarily ready for. Just man, it was just like I was just expecting Ethan Hawke to just be this flat-out malicious killer, which he kind of is. You you see spurts of it, but he he's he's feeding the boy he's doing everything he can and he's like i'm trying to play the game and the boy's like that boy doesn't understand what he's doing and so like well, because that's know, just that's that's part of his his get off for that matter you know and i mean he kind of it's kind of explained by you know uh one of the one of the dead boys for that matter since we've already released that that you know if you go up the stairs it's going to be naughty boy Right, you know, uh, and then that's the, the second phase. Yeah, you know, and he's like, "What?" You know, and I mean, he doesn't go around the corner to see him. You know, sitting there shirtless with a belt and all that. But you know, that that was truly kind of a creepy thing right there because it's just like, okay, you know, what is this dude gonna just strap him till he dies? You know, uh, like, is I, this I, how this kid? Died? I, I like, wish they would have shown. One instance of him really just take going over the edge with one of the kids. So I, I agree with you. I, I do agree that I feel like you don't see him physically abduct really anybody other than uh Finney. Well, yeah, you see him you see him fully abduct Finney. You barely see him get out of the vehicle when he uh when he abducts uh 
Bryce. Robin. Oh. Um, that's that's the one thing I do wish you did see. I do, and I know this sounds this sounds brutal and grotesque. It does, yes. But I do wish you saw him kill a victim. I mean, and, and honest... not necess- and not necessarily maybe kill, but I do wish you saw him in that grotesque way of maybe putting it... somebody in the hole, burying them, just doing something unsettling. And you honest... don't even have to see the actual killing take place. Just from behind, you just see him doing something and. Well, I mean, honestly, I think him versus the Vance character, the, like, 80s-style rocker kid that was the big, big bully, I think that would have been a heck of a... Because, I mean, the wrong dude looks like he is probably a second-year senior or something like that, you know? I mean, dude's probably 19, 20 already. So maybe that would have been the best square-off right there. Well, I don't Uh, need to see a best square-off. If anything, I want to see him take advantage of... I want to see him take advantage of, uh, of Bruce a smaller kid who's yeah. riding his bike home from a, from a baseball game. Or I want to see, you know what they made? They made, well, I mean, uh, if you they made Robin, kid. they made Robin look kind of vicious, beating the hell out of moose. I would have taken him taken abducting and doing some, some more harm to uh Robin. I feel like this movie just had more loose ends, more psychological than anything, than it did and anything. I, and I don't like, yes, the psychological would have been good. Just, Give me one instance, because because when he finally catches, I know we're kind of jumping through everything, but when he finally catches Finney, leave the house, and he catches him, and he's like, you're a naughty boy, and then starts beating. I wanted, I wanted to see more of that, because throughout the movie, I feel like Ethan Hawke's character was too childlike. playful, too childlike, childlike. Yeah. and I was, I was literally about to say that word. Too playful, too childlike. It's like he... He's playing a game. Well, not only it's like he was a child that grew up and didn't fully become an adult. He's still a child that I felt, might have been bullied I, and then I, it, I got Johnny Depp vibes from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Well, I mean, because you gotta look at the brother too, because the brother is literally right there in the same exact house, doesn't suspect a thing. Well, he, that's another like, thing though. Well, it's in this area. But like, man, he he's you know it's just like okay, dude. No, he's not in the area. He's in like the, in the house. I, I would know? I would understand that concept of how he got away with it if the burials and the captures were in the other house. But having the burials in the same house with his brother, while the other kids were captured across the street. No, no, you've got it reversed. No. The captures are at the house that they're living at. The burials are in the house that's empty across the street with the fence around it. Yeah. The burials are at the empty house. Because she has visions of 7441, which is the house that they go to and she leads them to. But that is a completely similar, like, copycat. Because remember the the cops go in the house and they're like, it's empty. And then they go go downstairs and see the the, the holes. the and five like, uh, graves. They're like, this is where the kids were buried. And then, you know, the police show up and they, they get the ambulances and they start digging out the bodies. And okay. Then the, and then yeah. the brother comes downstairs and he hits some of the eggs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, so, like, I mean, so, you got to so, coke that brother talking about CSI. Like, what's the <laughs> what's the meme where the dude's looking at it from Always Sunny? Like, it's just, it, it was a little too much for Honestly, it to be believable. Aliens. It was a little so, too much for me to be believable. I can I can agree and see that at some points. Um, since we are kind of going all over the place, um, 
what did you guys think of the two main kids, Finn and Gwen? Uh, you know, I know sometimes we're hard on child actors. I thought they did, you know, a pretty good job in this movie. Um, Gwen, obviously, kind of like the one looking after both. On Friday, she hangs out with her sister, with her her friend. Um, did you guys have an issue with the drunk daddy? I mean, I had an issue with it, but I, I get the depiction. However, I think it bettered the kids acting for that matter or, or the relationship and dynamic between the two, because I thought yeah. they were great. Uh, they they know, kind of had the bond to be there for one another when the dad wasn't may not be like able to protect each other, but they're there for each other at least. And if you guys are like, Hey, I've seen that actor before the guy who plays the dad, Jeremy Davis, we've yeah. talked about some movies with him in it before he was in saving private Ryan uh, he was the uh, the rookie uh, photo capture steel guy in Twister, um, so he's been in, he's been in some different movies. Um, but honestly, I would have liked to see those roles reversed. I would have liked to see him be the brother, and the guy who played the brother, the guy who played Max, I would have liked to see him play the dad. Yeah, I thought that would have been. I thought that would be pretty cool. The actor who played the brother um, was also in It Chapter Two. He played Eddie. Yeah. He was in Sinister, Sinister Two. Yeah. Um, he's he's in some pretty good movies, but uh, yeah, I think James Ransom is a, is a great actor, and I would have liked to see him play the drunk dad. Um, w- one thing, like w- when I talk about, I want to see Ethan Hawke kind of take it to that next level. The dad was almost there more than Ethan was because he was like, "Don't drop that bottle," and she dropped the bottle, and she just he just started teeing off on her like. I wanted to see that progressive anger more so with Ethan than the dad. Almost make him, the dad look tame in a way. Like he, he, you he wanted to see, you, you as a viewer wanted to see the grabber. You wanted to be you wanted to be fearful of the grabber. Yeah, right. yeah. You wanted anytime you saw the grabber on screen, you wanted to be. Uncomfortable. I wanted him to. You wanted I wanted to be uncomfortable. Him, I wanted him to act as uncomfortable as he looked. Yeah. True and sounded. I think Ethan Hawke, though, nothing against him. I think he did a phenomenal job in this movie. Yeah. Uh, he had to act behind a mask. So you can tell he definitely turned it up a notch when it came to his dialogue, when yeah. it came to his voice acting, and when it came to the one on one shots with him and the kid in the movie. Um, you know, I Because it is tough to be behind the mask. Yeah. Ethan Hawke did a phenomenal job. Um, so, yeah. 27 minutes it took, it really takes until you see Ethan Hawke's character, the grabber, drop his groceries. He, uh, he puts, you know, he takes Finn. Um, let's talk about where a lot of people, whether it be online, uh, this is the, the, this is the thing that sets the crowd from either you're going to like the black phone, you're going to hate the black phone, or some people love it for this concept. The black phone concept itself, it brings, Ethan Hawke hears static. The boy hears it, picks it up. He hears dead people. Somebody tell me you liked it, you love it. What the hell did you think about it? Black phone concept. I didn't like it. I liked it. Why'd you like it? I mean, honestly, I get why you wouldn't like it. To be honest, I get that. But at the same time, like, I just, it, it was something a little different. They didn't, you know, it wasn't something that was in the trailer, but it was. Cause I mean, you weren't sure if that was a, well, you can only receive calls from this phone or, you know, you weren't sure why he was hang up the phone, you know, kind of thing coming in. 
Well, in so, the trailer, you, you know, you hear hang up the phone, you think he's just on the phone right. with somebody he shouldn't be. But the right. concept of it being, oh, I can I can hear the past victims through this line, exactly. you know. And yeah, that, that's the part one. So you, li- you, like. you liked it because, you know, it's just different. That's true. You, you don't really you, you don't really see a lot of it in, in today's movies. It was kind of a mind blown kind of thing. Honestly, the first time I watched it, uh, I watched it. This is my fourth time watching the film. Mm. Um, I got to check it out in theaters and then I got to check it out. Uh, obviously, when I when I picked it up and bought it. But the main thing for me was, you know, I, I appreciated it more this third and fourth time around than I did in theaters. Um, I'll say like after the first time being a dead silent on the phone, like he picks it up and nothing's there. It's just like, okay, why? And and he even tells them, he's like, I hear stuff on the phone. I hear it ring, even though there's no connection. Like he even kind of tells them that he hears stuff from it, but he's like, there's nothing there. Like you can't call out. You can't talk to anybody. You know, but like, he even takes the str- the the cord and is like or the cable or whatever and is looking at it and there it's it's frayed it's it's cut. And he's like it's been that way forever, or since so, I since I was in here. So Ed explained, you know, he likes it because it's different. It's little, it's more little, little originality. Craig, kind of let let everybody know what what was your main take. Like, uh, I, I like the movie, but I didn't like the black phone concept. Yeah. Like, and there's some storybooking that I just kind of thought of with, with Ed and what I think kind of happens in the movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I understand it adds originality to the movie and it adds something, and it's not just a kidnapping anymore. But it's just like the girl, like, it's, it's, it's everything stacking together. The sister can dream and have premonitions, the kid can talk and, and see. The, well, the kids, mean, like, it's just, I, it was, it's just so far out of left field because you really didn't expect it that I was just like, like, I don't, it doesn't, it, it works, but I, I was just like, I don't know. I, I, I just I wanted of- something so much more than what it was. I think as the story progressed, that's kind of why I liked it a bit more is because like they explained that the mother had those, you know, voices and premonitions and all that or dreams or whatever. And then, you know, they, the dad was sitting there with the little girl and was just like, you're not special like her. You need to stop this, you know, because when the first time you encounter that is the police uh, investigate or the police little uh, interview with her in the principal's office. Yeah. And she's like, well, yeah, the the black balloons, and they're like, "Where did you hear that?" Because we did not release that. Where did you hear this? What do you know? You know, because it's it's kind of like, okay, do you have a connection? <laughs> and she was what, like, you know, she was like, "You think I'm the killer? You turned like I don't know what she said, but I was just like, <laughs> what? Dude, she went off." But you know, and as you go along, you realize the boy has the same thing. It's just you know that's how he's able to hear these dead people. I see dead people. You know, <laughs> exactly. You know that's how he's able to hear this. So it's a passed down hereditary kind of. I I, I think at, yeah. at at the point, what I would have been fine with is say yes the mother had the gift of being able to talk to people or see people it was passed down to the daughter the daughter had it but wasn't completely sure of it 
I would have liked the boy to have been so startled and scared when he was down under in the basement, not from the phone, but just by seeing a boy or, or some of the other kids. And he's like, Oh, like I have the gift that my mother had. Well, or well, and not, not he's, he's able to actually talk and see them and they can tell him like, Hey, I did this. This is how you should get out. This, I would have been okay with that, with him having the ability to see and talk to them. I didn't like how he had to talk to him through the phone when they're right there in front of him. Well, okay, so he didn't have to do that with the one boy, uh, the Billy or whatever, the one kid we had no idea about. That was like, yeah, doing a backbend and all. Do that again, Ed. No, that's the one he's seen, and it was just like, oh my god, you know, because it hits that hard, that hard uh, note for that. I'm a cute little bumblebee. <laughs> Feeling what? like the caterpillar from a bug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do it, Ed, do it, do it again. But uh, no, no. What you you look like Ethan Hawke <laughs> in the movie? You're like this face. <laughs> But you know, with with this boy going along Johnny, with you this it. whole thing, <laughs> you know, it, it it was kind of a thing of you know, does does he just see that because that's when they want to be seen, and you know, like when they're practicing the phone thing, go back, go forward, you know, and all that. Does he not see him next to him, or you know what I mean? Like it, it's kind of. Like I would have rather not seen him. That that and was another thing yeah. that was kind of like a love hate relationship. I liked seeing. I will agree. I liked seeing the dead bodies because I liked how you can kind of fantasize book on how how the grabber killed them, and I thought it was creepy seeing kids, you know, in makeup, full full in full effect, like oh they're dead kids. But at the other time, I feel like when they were dead talking to him, it took away from that horror aspect. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But I don't no. like when the movie's trying to be serious. I don't want no cheese with my horror movies. You know, if you're trying to be a cheesy horror movie, that's one thing. But if you're trying no. to be a, a personal, scary, physical horror movie, and you if it, it feels cheesy for some reason, then that kind of that took a, that kind of took away from the some of the special horror aspect for me. Yeah, I can understand that because I mean, honestly, with that, you know. With with the one bent back kid, I can understand that one throughout all of it. But you know, <laughs> but, but you know that's mainly because with that Billy character, you didn't get that. I I never remember Billy. that interact. I don't remember an interaction with Billy to where with Bryce. This is what, this is what he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> Where with Bryce, you know, you get the ball game with Robin, you get him, you know, if you mess with him, you mess with me kind of thing, and you know, fighting in, with Moose and all that. Well, um, and I know, hated with... the baseball game because it looked like they were like sworn enemies for the last eight years of their life since they were in diapers. And he's like, You almost got me, good arm, bro. And he looks at him like, I did almost get you. Like, <laughs> but you know, and then you've got the Vance Hopper, which is talked about but not actually explained until his actual scene which i kind of liked to a point (laughs) to a point i liked but at the same time it was almost kind of like why you know like the dude was big enough anyways so it's just kind of like okay i get it but you know 
So I don't know. There was there was a few points where I was just like, okay, like the Vance Hopper scene about him with the pinball machine. That was just kind of like, why? I, I get you're making him out to like, oh, this dude was a big bully. But it's kind of like, okay, does that add to Ethan Hawke's character? Does that take away from Ethan Hawke's character? What One are we thing, doing? You know. So with the you know kind of going back to the black phone and what I what I thought about it. I'm, I'm, I kind of had the trailer going up and I was listening to it and the trailer kind of depicts it the way I thought of it. Yeah. I thought, yes, the phone was cut off, but somebody who had been captured escaped and was able to find a way to connect to the phone and then was able to kind of tell them like, hey, you need to do this, this, and this. This is how I got out. I That's the route I thought it was going to go where you know there is a phone there he thinks it's disconnected but somebody found a way to tap into it i, I just the whole sixth sense aspect of every of this movie i was just like it it takes away from the aspect of ethan hawk being just a flat out killer and i kind of hate that boy if you if you if you hate that wait till i bring up something else i'm about to bring up Uh-oh. um what before we get into some of the other stuff in the, in the later part of the film, uh, man, I, I'm, I, it sounds like I'm kind of shitting on this movie. I'm not. Uh, the score was 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 phenomenal. What do you guys think of the mask? I thought the mask was just like super creepy the, and the eerie. The versions of the mask. Yeah, the multi versions. The mask was um, great. I think yeah. it added to the depth of the character and just kind of the like you said, creepiness, but as well as the, you know, the mask gives him different personalities is kind of how I felt. Cause I'm like, this dude's yeah. gotta be like bipolar in ways. You know, it's, cause, it's like he uses the different type of mask for the different stages. Cause it almost reminded me a little bit of split in a way, because, you know, you've got the nice person that comes in, gives him food and all that. Then you got the one that's upstairs waiting to beat him to death literally and then you've got the one that's kind of in between that gives the eggs but just throws them on the ground like you ruined this so here you go you know and kind it, of kind, it like, kind of made me feel like you know what when he, with him playing the games and you, you got different levels of the game maybe you almost have different levels of the grabber yeah and, may, and maybe what, yeah and maybe when he grabs them there's no mask then when he first has them it's up here second level it's down here and then i think third was all of it I think so, yeah. If I'm not mistaken? Because, I mean, I think the nicer part was the top of it. The kind of, like, in-between was the bottom, and the he was waiting with the full mask up there to go ahead and just beat, beat to death. So, yeah, I think you're right on that. And that, that almost makes you wonder, like, maybe that was the downfall of not just him, but maybe, maybe any... Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to get in anybody's mind here, but maybe almost any serial killer... Like why why take your time to play a game? Is that was that what all this whole mentality aspect uh, uh, is it of? Because when he ran away the first time, and you had him, you wouldn't have got caught. You should have just done away and did what you needed to do with him, kill him, and go go on about your day. Um, but some of them like that. It's the high of the chase kind of thing, you know. It, it's the high of the that you know game that, that they play. No, the high. psychological. But no, uh, it, it's the high of the uh, <laughs> the game that they play. Simple. That's that's really it, you know. Because it's let's kind ask of like, OJ Simpson. Oh, we get him on the it's line. Like, 
isn't he wasn't he a running back here in Oklahoma anyway? No, he he was he's not guilty. Oh, no, that's, Barry, that's Barry Sanders. Never mind, same thing. <laughs> God, uh, you said same thing. Yeah, they were both right. very good running backs for shitty colleges. Continue, Ed. But uh, you know, it's kind of like why would you go ahead and you know skin people? and make it into furniture and masks and stuff like that or why would you you know what i mean it, it, it's it's kind of all that kind of deal i love the uh texas chainsaw massacre reference in the movie <laughs> which was in the bathroom when when robin was talking to him about me and my daddy go watch texas chainsaw massacre oh yeah <laughs> And he, he was like, it's probably, it's, is, is it just as good as Enter the Dragon? Is it? I am. I'm about to sleep already. What? And I don't know about you guys, but I really don't think there's any kind of comparison. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one. Enter the Dragon, zero. Ooh. Not saying Enter the Dragon but, is a bad uh, movie, but yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just that damn good. Okay. I don't know. Um, but let's kind of get to a little bit towards the ending when, you know, uh, throughout the whole movie, you know, the, the phone calls is leading to Finn or Finney um, setting up these uh, home alone traps, if you will. And, you know, that's another thing that kind of took the whole aspect of how the grabber is, you know, he, he kind of went out like a bitch. Yeah. Like a bitch. And I'm like, okay, not only do you let this kid out fool you in your own trap, but dude, he, I don't know. I didn't like the whole aspect of Finn strangling and killing the grabber with a cordless phone. That is, it's, it's like expandable, not cordless. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) if he killed him with the cordless cordless phone, them, them spirits doing work. You know, (laughs) that came with a vengeance. It but, probably would have been, I don't know. I mean, the traps were, you know, because literally they were being set with the uh, advice from the other kids. Right. I mean, falling falling in the, t- the broken tile hole with the rug over it, breaking his ankle. Okay, I, I, I'll give from you that. From the window, from the window crate. From the window every, through the wall. Everything, like I said, my five <laughs> things, every kid helped them do something. Whether it was yeah. getting the the barrier down from the window, the uh, the hole that was halfway dug, be- and he couldn't get out because he had, you know, he played the game. Um, the freezer with the meat, it, it all played towards him getting, you know, out. But at the same time, it's like you you lead up to this point, while the girls leading up to this point, and they both. Like he probably would have escaped anyway, because the police would have been there. What'd you think of uh, the grabber Ethan Hawke killing his brother with the axe? Uh, that one was a that one was a golden kill, but I don't know. It it, it was a headshot. That's the Ethan Hawke you wanted to see. Yes, that like, was you didn't kind see of that more expected. Throughout the entire film, to be but honest. you would yeah. think with his brother of all people, he wouldn't have done that. Yeah, but 
that's what the kind of like back and forth is to me is like the big surprise was just that just taking off and just whacking the hell out of him. But like it's not like he tried to you know tie up his brother and put him back in the room and be like, dude, you were just super coked out or something. Like he just immediately off his brother, but yet he wants to play games with these little kids. I don't know. It does. It, it sounds like we're shitting on this movie, but these are just kind of nitpicks that I, yeah, I had watching it. How did you? Did y'all catch the uh, when he ran out of the house? Was that when y'all caught that? Because uh, I mean, it wasn't until her actual premonition of the house that had the uh, fence. But was that when y'all caught the uh, the differences between the house when he ran out? Uh, when he actually escaped and ran out but got caught because there was no fence there. At no, all. I so like, I I legit thought that when he escaped he was dead and okay. he finally escaped the house because they were searching the house when he was escaping. Right. And so I was like, oh shit, he's been dead for like 20 something years. The house is empty. He finally escaped. They were both dead. And now he's just a free roaming spirit. And they were like, no, the house is across the street. And I was like, oh, I well, like no, my version better. No, they didn't even <laughs> say that the house was across the street. He just comes walking out from across the street. And no, like, they they knew it was across the street because they, well, yes, they they saw him walking out. But then they were like, oh, he owns this property as well. Yeah, because that's what they said in the final interview and all that. Yeah. But that was, you know, because when I was watching it with, with my wife, uh, I was just like, we were going over and she's like, they're gone. And I was like, no, that's not the same house. I was like, that house is somewhere else. I was like, you know, I didn't know it was right across the street, <laughs> but I knew it was a different house. Cause I was like, there's no board. There's not even like, uh, the, the shadows of pictures hanging. There's no fence in that one that he escaped from. I was like, or, 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 I thought you the know. zoo moved out in the middle of the night and was about to go live in a cave. And <laughs> or would you, what, what would you guys think if maybe it gave you like one of those saw endings where he yeah. captured the boy and that was like months ago and they yeah. just now found the house and everybody's empty and they go downstairs and they see the boy dead or they see the boy dead plus Ethan Hawke dead. Like that's when I first went to a theater and saw it, that's what I thought was going to happen. When they, went that into, been... when they went into an empty house, I was like, oh, dude. I was like, they're both dead. It's been six months since you know somebody's last seen. That's that's the ending I thought I was gonna get. And then him walking that out would have been pretty good. Yeah, and then him good. walking out to the girl seeing him, and the girl is the only one who's seen him. Boom. Because she can go. see dead people. Dead people. What? Yeah, you know, but that's how you make. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, I mean, that's exactly what Jai was talking about. Oh yeah, yeah and you could you could have just ended the movie like that. And yeah. you, you, it would have left the ending to make you think: Was he dead the entire time? Uh-huh. Or what? Did you know, they did, find was it he, too was, late? Yeah, was he or was he dead? I think it kind of took a little bit of the lore away when you sent him back to school. I could have, I could have done sure, dude. I could. Oh my god, is he the one who killed the grabber, dude? I thought the grabber was seven foot tall. I, I, I don't think you needed to see him go back to school. I would have been okay with. Her putting her arms around her brother and ending it like that. Yeah. What would have been funny is he's riding his bike to school. He gets kidnapped again. 
One of those kids just come up and beat his ass again. Double Jeopardy, like, hey, I heard what you did. (laughs) That was my cousin. You have to prove you're the toughest guy at school, and if you killed the grabber, I'm going to beat your ass so I can tell everybody I'm still the toughest. You got kidnapped by the grabber last time? Well, I'm the Riddler, the guy from Prisoners. I'm Paul Dano. Oh. <laughs> Movie. <laughs> Don't cross the streams. It's like this movie ends and he gets abducted by Paul Dano and prisoners. And then Hugh Jackman's like, Where are you? Where are you? And Terrence Howard's like, I just want to be Iron Man, brother. <laughs> speaking of uh, prisoners, so I know this is so way <laughs> this is way off, but speaking of uh, prisoners. Viola Davis. Anybody going to go check out? Uh, I know we're checking out Pearl this weekend in theaters. Anybody else think about going and checking out uh, Viola Davis's new movie? Uh, the Queen? Something like that? I don't know. I'm, um, pro- I'm projecting it. I'm hearing a lot of buzz. That's going to earn a lot of money this weekend. Uh, it, it looks good. Um, is it going to dethrone Top Gun? Uh, Top Gun is actually number six or five right now. So number Just one wait. is uh number oh, one is the barbarian. What? So I I have to look and see at it. Look at the trailer again. Um, I I think I've only seen the trailer one time, so I'm not entirely sure what it's even about. So, uh, favorite scene. If you guys had to pick a favorite scene from the black phone, uh, Ed, we'll start with you. Um. <laughs> honestly yeah i've probably got to go with that because that was kind of a brutal imagery of the 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 kid doing a exorcist midair you know uh that and i just I, I just thought that was kind of a good depiction of what happened and what's going on kind of deal so yeah uh, I would probably have to go with uh... the brother's death. No. Uh, the scene where he goes upstairs and he sees Ethan Hawke with the belt and then he kind of makes a break for it and Ethan Hawke goes back after him. Uh, I thought that was a pretty bone-chilling scene. Um, I also want to point out I like how the wall of the basement look like the front poster of Sinister. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was pretty it's, cool. Um, then the phone in, was in, in the things that I was looking at for the top five things you didn't know, it, it was made to look like the poster of Sinister. Um, and then, oh, I, you know, I just, anytime, stuff. honestly, this movie was phenomenal. Ethan Hawke, anytime you got Ethan Hawke on screen with yeah. his dialogue. So, Craig, what about you? Do you have a, do you have a favorite scene from the movie? Or uh, lack thereof. I, I liked when his first abduction with Fanny, where he's like, um, he's like, oh, silly me, I dropped my groceries, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, of course, the kid, are those balloons? And yeah, the kid was stupid. Ethan Hawke was good. I liked that scene. Um, <laughs> how he kind of gets him with his light spaceship in the arm. He's like, you, you cut me. And he's like, you know, how angered he got whenever he was in the the basement and then um yeah i think just how 
you know, when he does that, you know, he's like, if you come near me, I'll scratch your face. And when Ethan Hawke says, this face, and then kind of does that, uh, it, uh, the, the hand movements made that really creepy. Because he's just like, he's like, this face? Um, because he's so, it's like he's so joyous that just kind of taunting the kid. And it's like the game has started at that point. So he's like, you know, kind of overdoing it. But yeah, those two scenes were, were pretty fun. Star rating, guys. One out of ten. Ten being uh, The Departed. One being uh, Ghostbusters 2016. Ed, we'll start with you. Star rating uh, for the Black Phone. Eight. I'd give it an eight. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, Craig, star rating for the Black Phone. One. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, a strong six. I think I want to go a little bit higher, but for now, for now. I just I I think I have too many issues with which I know that shouldn't factor in, but I have too many things that I would do differently. So that's gonna drop it down to a six from a seven, seven and a half for me. Um, seeing this a handful of times, I'm going to give this a seven, uh, cause the rewatchability was honestly kind of fun. Um, the score was good. I liked the, the practical effects when it comes to the makeup and the kids, uh, the cast, I didn't have no issues with the cast. Ethan Hawke was tremendous. Um, the jump scares too. Oh, Ed, first it was your cats. Now it's your dog. You got a full blown zoo over there, brother. Um, no idea. Uh, what yeah, I, I'm, giving, and... I'm, I'm giving it a seven. The I think it was you know Ethan Hawke's performance was was, was full blown amazing. Um, I uh, and I, the rewatchability was was fun for me. You know, it's it's not a, a slow paced film either. It's like an hour and 40, 45 minutes give or take. Um, if I had to nitpick, the only reason I'm not going any higher uh, is just because I I feel like there's a little too many loose ends with the actual black phone concept. Yeah. Um. Other than that, it's a seven. It's good. Go check it out. It's and it's, it's on Peacock. If you if you don't want to spend the money to go check it out on the Blu-ray DVD, uh, it's on Peacock. So I think you can, get Pe- you can get Peacock for like a dollar ninety nine a month now to start out. And I will say this: like I had zero issues with the actors or the oh, scripts yeah. in this movie. the The issues that I have come with kind of my my story booking um and my what ifs like that's that's really the only issues i had other than that the movie is still pretty solid the actors were great the dialogue was great the jump scares were pretty good um and and the score was just eerie enough for it to be you know to to make it what it was so yeah um like i said go check it out black phone available now on peacock or if you're into physical media you can go check it out uh blu-ray dvd um but we're going to read off a little bit of emails i'm not going to go through the whole bag or even half the bag uh we're running a little late because of our great interview with with jay with jay curry um go back and listen to the episode around 30 40 minute mark go check out that interview with with jay um so now it's time to get into the email bag Uh, and if you guys want to send in some comments, star ratings, or anything like that, again, facebook.com forward slash the cinnamon movie podcast. 
or the easiest and fastest way to get a hold of us is the email uh, C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. That's cinnamon921 at gmail.com. Uh, Kendall says, my first view of Philadelphia, and man, did it make me cry. As a dude, I'm cool with saying this because the performances were just that good. Ten stars from Kendall. Um, Timothy says, can you name another movie with a two all-star cast that was that perfect as Philadelphia first time watch. I can't believe I've never seen or heard about this movie. So amazing. Nine stars. What about, what about you guys um, think of another movie that had just two amazing actors like that? A one, two punch um, with that detailed of a story and not just some action story. Um, it, it would, lighthouse. it would take some digging. That's, that's a good one. That's up there. The lighthouse. Uh, Darren says the black phone I thought was good but not as epic as everyone made it seem to be maybe the most overhyped film of the summer six stars dang hey (laughs) Uh, uh, Gabriel says I don't know about a top five but some of my favorite shows and conversation that you guys have ever talked about your favorite movies of all time in episode 100 and then your on location episode from episode 200 some fun conversations i can't wait to see what's next um nathaniel says uh the black phone was original and loved how creepy it felt what a conversation it should be for y'all start to horror season can't wait for the black phone it gets a nine from nathaniel hey uh, Yuri says Little Nikki is an all-time favorite, and she loved the stream. Little Nikki gets a seven from her. Seven stars for Little Nikki. Um, which I, I gotta say, if you guys want to hear us talk about something different that's not a full-blown horror movie, uh, go check it out. We we reviewed uh Little Nikki last Wednesday on Friday, the 14th podcast, and I gotta say, Craig, I, I uh. The guys were inter- entertained by uh, some of my. Uh, How you sa- do that? How you do that? How you do that? <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, you know, yeah. That's me now, and I accept it. Uh, Little Nicky's fun, fun movie. Go back and, and watch that that stream. It was the, a fun conversation. The the two like, what are they, bros or whatever? Where they're just always the the devil worshippers. They're like, oh yeah, oh. <laughs> We're just some big fans of you and your dad. <laughs> yeah. Chicago kicks ass. Like it's it's like very uh stoner comedy. It's like Jane Silent Bob if they were in an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. And you know what? For those of you who are wanting to watch Little Nicky, go check it out. It's it's on Netflix. Um and go back and listen to the episode. Of course um, it is. Sarah 97 says Black Phone gets an eight. Simple, different, unique, nothing great, just an eight. She rhymes. Nothing great, just put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's um, like that's that's better than it's fine. Like nothing great, it's an eight. It's right there. It's it's hey, nothing great. That's that's a slogan eight. right there. Somebody write that down. Um, I'll keep it an email. Uh Sam G69. Black phone is just an okay film for me. I'd give it a six. I don't know if I'd ever have the desire to rewatch it again. The best thing was Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Um, Coco Chris says, 
the black phone was mediocre horror at best six stars had way more potential than i thought it should or had he had more potential for it i see yeah man I'm, uh, hey me and the people just get it all right we we just get it i'm going in i'm going in uh <laughs> What was uh, that? You got a flat tire over there. Yeah, I got a flat tire. Car crashed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll finish it with this, and then we'll get ready to move on to the next. Uh, Victor says, Black Phone was amazing. A great watch. Different kind of horror movie than I expected, but better than what I expected. Nine stars from Victor. So it looks like Black Phone is definitely getting 50, some 50-50 e- getting, getting emails, and, and that's what I like to see. I like to see something on the verge of the in-between so hopefully we'll be getting some more fun emails we do get some, we, we do have some more philadelphia emails uh i'm just gonna read them next monday let's get one we, more philadelphia email. one more philadelphia all right nothing great it's an eight all right <laughs> nothing great all right this is a good one uh from barbara do you guys think that half the stuff that they mentioned in philadelphia in 1993 would you be able to get away to making a movie like that in today's time and today's Ooh. time and age? We we had I, we had mentioned this. Uh, I don't think so. You don't I think, think they could de- make a movie today about? I mean, if if I had to put my movie thinking cap on, the last time the foul language and stuff like that was used, Dallas Buyers Club with Matthew McConaughey, he yeah. used a lot of like profanity and stuff towards. Um, towards you know homosexuality i guess in that movie but even then let me go see what was that 2013 was dallas spider's club might have been 2013 i think you, damn you hit it right on the nail honestly um, i think it's how I, you portray it yeah how you go t- 2013 because i mean honestly if it's in, no but... I, I i know but i mean like i think because okay lately you know even then, it's with, a with, hard thing to say. I, I just, I think you could get away with doing it today, but with, you're gonna with, have to, you're gonna have to make it a rated R movie. And I think even then, with it being rated R, I don't think a lot of people are gonna go see your movie. With the fluidity that Denzel used, some of the words he used, I think it's a little rough for some people. In also, my opinion, you also have to find an actor willing to say all that kind of stuff. Right. Leonardo DiCaprio, probably. But, I mean, (laughs) at the end of the day, I'll fight you tooth and nail. At the end of the day, film is art, and it doesn't matter really what you, what the the person, (laughs) it doesn't really matter what the person says in the movie. At the end of the day, it's it's art. The message behind it. I don't know, man. I think you could get away. I don't, I don't. I don't. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and argue. I think you could get away with it. I'm gonna say this because I mean, don't get me wrong. Cancel culture is a big thing, and there's not many people who can escape that. That even is even Robert Downey Jr. producers, different stuff like that. But you know, yeah, but you don't have Robert Downey Jr. coming out saying, you know. So you're so you're going back on it. At the beginning of the email, you said you could get away with it. Craig was the one who said you couldn't get away with it. I'm saying there's certain ways you have to do it. It it can't be just full out disrespectful to the point that you just don't care. It has to be meant in a way that is kind of like but that, putting this kind of 
because I mean, don't get me wrong. If you have you know a bunch of homosexual slurs, racial slurs, or you know phobic slurs out there, and it's just ha, blazing saddles type stuff, it's <laughs> there's a reason that like that's the perfect that example. Sounds, there's a reason it's can not. You do, show you do that anymore. dance again, Ed. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like I understand. Like art is art. I get that. We've had that discussion before. I fully get that. Not a discussion. Time. But at the same time, we've had that discussion before, but at the same time, it's the fact of that you have to do it certain ways because cancel culture is real and you can't just, you know, but, go I, I out think, saying any and everything but, you want. Uh, with just I, I think you, you can say I think the way you're using you cancel culture right now is inappropriate, in all honesty, because see, when we're talking thing right there, right there. That's another thing. You're going on that same trail. You see, you no, see, but there, there, you're calling few... it cancel culture when, when, as a society, we should learn when and how to use certain words. True. We can, I don't... As, as a society, we should also use and learn to when to cancel and not to cancel things. Because guess what? At the end of the day, if a director wants to put out something who is the dialogue is just outlandish and he thinks it's going to offend everybody. Guess what? There's still a production company and there's still a, you know, there's still a company who puts the movie out there. They have to see the movie and get an R rating. And even then they're like, Oh yeah, even though this is like the dialogue is way out of line, we're still going to back your movie up. All that gets okayed before it's in theaters. But I mean, even so, so even, 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 even that being said, the moment it hits theaters, the cancel culture shit is out the door because guess what? It's already no, it's been not. it's already been approved. It's, it's in theaters. Just because it's in theaters does not mean it's out the door, dude. Literally, it does not mean that. It it's can not happen twenty years later. Literally, everything that they. But but what? Okay. Okay. It's yeah, out. like it's out the door. Okay. We're talking about like an immediate movie being made today, not talking about canceling 20 years from now. So, I mean, we, we start and, you know, like that. The, okay. okay. I mean, when's the last time you've seen a Spike Lee joint? He just had a movie, two movies in the last four years come out uh, with so much bad dialogue. You think he gave two shits? The movie made money. The movie's uh, one of the highest. A, he did it in a way he's able to, though, dude. What do you mean? He did it in a way he's able to. He's one of those that's expected of that. So just okay, because it's expected of him, that's one thing? Is that because you're saying because he's a black director? It's okay for him to do no, it? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. You're taking that way out of fucking context. On well, I'm just saying. I'm, no, 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 no. Hold. Let, no, let's, no let's, right. let's go down that line then. Let's go down that line then. That's not right. You just said it's expected of him. He does films like that because he likes to go ahead and get shit out there. That's going to go ahead and. I kind of I agree with Ed on this. He he didn't like, mean it like he that. Does he, that shit. Spike Lee's reputation has proven that he's willing to do those kind of films. Let's go the other direction then. Let's go with the white director, Quentin Tarantino. Same thing. Same thing though. Same exact thing. Same so, exact. Thing. So so it's so expected. if Quentin Tarantino made a movie, you about, go ahead. If Quentin Tarantino made a movie about philadelphia and used all that dialogue you'd be like oh there's no cancer constellation there because it's quentin tarantino that dialogue is expected of him right in a way yeah especially if he comes in and has everybody blow their brains out sure 
But if you go ahead and have a dude, if you go ahead and have Michael Bay or someone like that come Michael in. Michael Bay would never and, touch that film, though. But that's what I'm Could fucking you imagine saying, that dude. So that's you're saying it depends on saying. who directs it and who reads yes, the dialogue? it does. That makes no sense. It does. It makes no it sense. It fully makes sense. If we just start dropping homophobic slurs on this so if thing, Robert, if like Robert, we're just the usual thing, hey, and that's pop, nah, pop, 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 pop. Hey, chill. That, right, <laughs> but I'm saying that's the thing right there, dude. If we started that shit, which we're not doing, don't get me wrong, but if we started that shit, we're fucked up. We're fucked up. It's plain and simple. Plain and simple. But if someone that, like, it, that's what their shit was about, possibly I, I, get away I with think, it, maybe not. I think Don't the know. only thing that matters is the line that the movie toes on. Is it yeah. is it only using it to be productive for the movie to push an agenda forward that successfully helps the the meaning of the film. That's the exactly only reason it would saying. be acceptable. To show it's that, yes, this guy is saying it, but we don't accept it in the way that he's saying it. That's because like really the only way that it would be acceptable. He's saying culture. it because he's the asshole. He's the bully. He's the one that's expected. And antagonist. something happens to him that is atrociously just horrible. And that's what he gets because that he didn't need to be that. Yeah, that's exactly how I'm saying. Literally, word for word. Like that's exactly what I am. Thank goodness but, y'all have me. But I mean, <laughs> I I get that. But the way you just pointed out there, like, like you could you could say you could you could hear oh Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, I'm not gonna go see that movie because Matthew McConaughey said the f word like twenty thousand times and then said he didn't want some hard rock in his ass. Are you gonna go see that movie? Or are you just like, you know what? Matthew McConaughey is saying that that word 20,000 times. I'm going to stay away from that movie. Depends on me. That depends go. on me fully right there. Depends on the, the person time. viewing the art and depends on the person calling the subject But matter. at the same time, okay, like I'm into music. I'm into Metallica. I think Metallica's music is pretty cool. At the same time, cancel culture has tried to take out Metallica because of past differences that they've had and past allegations of whether it was racial, whether it was, you know, different stuff like that. That's part of that. That shit was Look, out 30, I just wanted 20, one more email years ago, you know. But that's <laughs> I just wanted one more email. <laughs> but I mean, don't get me wrong, if you've gone ahead and tried, it's getting back on subject. If you've gone ahead and tried to go ahead and throw those out. It depends on how, who, and what for. It does depend on that. Because, yes, anybody could say that, 100%. You could have that said. Paramount Pictures releases it. Biggest blockbuster movie kind of promotion out there. And guess what? Three weeks later, you, Paramount's being sued. You're being sued. The director's out for shit. All the actors are getting canceled. All that shit can happen. Or it could blow up and be one of the biggest movies ever. Or just be under the radar. It's got a potential to do every bit of it, every bit of it. Just because it's prom just because it's promoted, just because it's greenlit, just because everybody's on board, does not mean that it cannot get fucked up. Look how long Sonic took yeah. to come out, and Sonic. Oh was Oh my god! Don't bring true, up dude. Sonic. It's bring true. up any bring up any other subject matter other than Sonic. But I'm saying that it's true. People's opinions have a change on any and everything that happens with that. Any and everything. Whether it's, oh, his eyes don't look, dude, don't make it look real because, man, you know, and I was agreeing with it, you know. But, I mean, that's, yeah. 
it is what it is go back and uh check us out next monday episode 211 as we get ready to talk all about another a24 movie as we talk about that's not pearl as we talk about pearl next monday september 19th um guys it's the first time we've been back in a theater since august the 5th we're going back to the theater to watch a new a24 movie pearl uh the prequel to x which we just got done talking about a few weeks ago um just when you thought it was safe to run away from an a24 movie we're going back um ed you guys excited anybody excited for pearl next week yeah, I mean, you know, the poster looks pretty cool, so we'll see how that Mia Goth reprise, well, doing a different role, but possibly the same. I don't know. Craig? I have, I have no expectations. No expectations. <laughs> she better be a dancer. I have no expectations. Um, I don't know what to expect anymore with A24. True. This is true, and this is like, I think this has taken place like 50 years prior to... Uh, to x so uh next monday pearl hits theaters this friday uh you can check it out in theaters and we'll talk about it next monday september the 19th episode 211 um if you guys are interested in our bonus episodes edward myself and ernie will be talking about akira uh which that (laughs) bonus episode is going to be available this thursday September the 15th, 7.30 p.m. Uh, you can watch us right here on uh, Imasawa Productions as we get ready to talk about, um, you know, a, it's our first full-length feature anime film, and we're talking about it this Thursday. So, you guys, I believe you can check it out on Hulu. So, it's Akira this Thursday, Pearl next Monday. Uh, Craig? Anything else before we uh, head out of here and jump on to Pearl next week? Also, don't forget, we talk to Nicholas Rice next Monday as we talk about uh, his new book, which is, uh, I believe, on the New York Times bestseller list. Nice. Uh, Yeah. Nicholas Rice joined us a few years ago when we talked about the 20th anniversary of The Grinch. Um, So next week, we talk about Nicholas Rice. We talked to Nicholas Rice about his book, uh, Preemptive Strike Beyond Sight. Um, we'll have him on for a little, a little bit. Uh, so next Monday, Craig, you excited? Yeah, we'll just uh, we'll see how everything goes this weekend with Pearl. Uh, OU's playing Nebraska. Be a, be a good one. So it, it'll be a good week this week, I think. Uh, I'm going to go. I'll check out Sonic or something. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Edward, what about you? You you, uh, you hype for uh, Pearl next week? I know you weren't a big fan of X, but maybe we'll see where the story uh, preludes to from like 50 years prior. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it couldn't, you know, uh, it, it's got to be probably around a similar story because she said, you know, she was similar to her in a lot of ways. So we'll see how that is uh, true or not. Interesting times. Uh, horror season has fully taken into effect. Next week, September the 19th, we're talking Pearl. And then to finish the month of September, guys, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this one. From Dust Till Dawn is going to be the movie that finishes up the month of September. Episode 212 from Dust Till Dawn. We talked about Quentin Tarantino a little bit ago. 
and then to kick off october signs um Man. yeah i know you guys are big sign fans uh don't forget your foil hats and your bottled water for that episode um but until next oh, week boy. guys <laughs> until next week guys pearl uh, unless you guys have anything else, we will talk to you next Monday right here on the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Later.